barrier island, uncharted and unexplored. We should not be here. Burial grounds for martial arts masters from the past. Their resting place is defiled. They rise from the dead to avenge their honor. Who will win? The living or the living dead? Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode four of Schlockernaut, where we travel to the edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all types of movies, whether they are schlock or not, and in the process decide if they are indeed schlock or not. Uh, if you could do us a favor, please rate us on iTunes. Uh, five stars are always greatly appreciated. Check out our Twitter feed at the Schlockernaut, and uh, where we try to provide some really fun flick facts for you guys. And also, if you want to share your thoughts about some of the movies we have talked about, you can email us with community feedback at schlockernot at gmail.com. Hello, Thanks. Steve. How are you? Thanks for that intro, Doc. I appreciate that. You're welcome, man. How's it going? Really good. I'm really pumped for this one because I really liked this movie. I Probably we're going to be arguing a bit on this one, right? Uh, maybe a little bit. Nice. Not too much. <laughs> uh, I do have an intro for us. Can I play yes in? Uh, yeah. Can I talk about, we're going to be doing uh, today 1982's Raw Force. Directed by Edward D. Murphy. Uh, the copy I had was distributed by Vinegar Syndrome. It's rated R. Uh, it's not streaming that I could find, but I picked it up on Amazon.com. Go ahead. I bought mine as well on Amazon. It was a it was a steal. It's a DVD Blu-ray combo for like ten bucks. Is that the same one you did? Yep. Okay. 100%. And this is kind of a little tidbit. When I was looking up the summary on IMDb, there's nothing on Netflix for this. There wasn't even a summary on IMDb, so I took. Uh, summary that was done by I think it was just a user input it, by Josh Paznak. So I had him read it with grammatical errors and all. Here you go. Excellent. A group of martial arts students are en route to an island that supposedly is home to the ghosts of martial artists who have lost their honor. A Hitler lookalike and his gang are running a female slavery operation on the island as well. Soon the two groups meet and all sorts of crazy things happen which include cannibal monks, piranhas, zombies, and more. Hey, that, that was, was perfect. Your dad did an awesome job. <laughs> that was, he promised me next time, I, I let him listen to that after the fact, and he promised me next time he will use denture cream so that he does not slur his <laughs> S's. <laughs> he caught his I own. Tell, I couldn't tell his teeth were slipping out of there. It sounded perfect. Yeah, he said he was whistling all his S's. He said, next time, denture cream, let me know. So usually Big Willie does those intros, but uh, Pops was around this time, and Big Will was working, so I had him. He's, he's my fill-in. <laughs> Dude, he did terrific, man. Awesome. All right, well, first off, just so you know, I had never heard of this movie until you told me about it. And I think you had heard about it from your friend Aaron, right? I never heard about it. Aaron picked it up at Zia here in town. He's, he visits that place all the time and just picks up the wackiest stuff. He picks it up to play for his clients, and he watched it and said, dude, this is a good one. So, uh, yeah. I, I would have to agree that this was a rare find. Um, I will say when I pulled up the DVD extras and I saw that they had a uh, Jim Wynorski interview on it, I was sold immediately. Yeah, cool. The movie could have been garbage, but because of the Jim Wynorski link, I was totally sold on it, man. So, are, are you familiar with him at all? Very little. You got good info on him? Uh, he's just, dude, he's related to anything in exploitation. He directs, writes, produces. Um, he wrote and directed Chopping Mall. He okay. directed uh, Return of the Swamp Thing. Um, I guess he worked on some movies that were on Cinemax called The Bear Winch Project. Oh, neat. I've never seen any of those at all, but... Uh, Basically, what he did for this movie is he re-edited the trailer because I guess the trailer wasn't bringing people into the theater, so he re-edited it for him to to uh, to make it more sellable. Basically, did you and watch all the extras? Certain, uh, not all of them. I think uh, there was a making of documentary with Ed Edward Murphy. I watched a little bit of that. Yeah, as well. 
one of the things they did in the New York for the movie release was they had a bamboo cage on the back of flatbed trucks and they put some chicks in there and drove it around town saying, see Raw Force in movies now. I think that was probably, uh, that would have worked better for me than the Jim Wynorski trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. I, I really liked the making of it because the guys were having fun with it. Like they, they weren't trying to explain what a great work of art they produced. They were saying, look, we were beginners. This was our first shot out. We had very little money. We went to, went into it to have a good time. And that's pretty much what you got out of it. And it can, it shows. It, it totally shows. You can see it. And it I does. love it though, man. I think, uh, just that independent energy coming from it. You know what I mean? Let's just throw wacky ideas into, into, uh, this one screenplay and see what we can pull off. Right. There is a definite difference between this and th actually this, I would say kind of along the lines of like a troll two, where you could tell they really tried. Right. And they, they got fun out of it, maybe in a different way than they expected. Right. Well, plus you got to remember there's probably a language barrier there. Um, so that probably didn't help the production of the movie yeah. itself, you know, because you're trying to explain to the, to maybe a, a different culture, what a, a zombie should look like or what it should move like. And they probably have a different interpretation of that based on their culture. Right. So that probably came out a little bit in the movie too. It was cool. This movie on the radar of fun and campy and independent, this falls right in my perfect, that little piece of the pie graph that is just crappy enough, just fun enough, just enough action. Like it is, it hit me perfectly right in there to scratch that itch, you know? It's another beer and friends movie, man, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Just so you know, too, with Jim Minorsky, if you ever get a chance, um, there was a documentary, I think it was on Netflix called, uh, you're going to like this, it was called uh, Papatopoulos. Ooh, I'll write that down. <laughs> Papatopoulos. And it's a, Pop, Papatopoulos. And it's basically like a, a, a week or two in the, a week, it's probably like eight movies for Wynorski, but uh, it, it's his process and like walking around with him while he makes his low budget. I think it was a Bear Winch movie in that one as well, or some, some maybe Ghost in a Teeny Bikini or something like that. Uh, but check that out too. Yeah, that sounds on good. On a side note, sorry to go off, to, good off info, the rails. Man. Good info. You wanted to get into discussion on this, the actual movie? Yeah, let's do it, man. Uh, film opens up, uh, uh, what is that? What do they call those? A biplane? Is that what it Never is? Or it, it can land in the water. Anyway, it's filled with Asian females, and uh, I'm going to have to go on the record and say the most stereotypical uh, white guy baddies I've ever seen. Sure, they could be bad guys in Police Academy, right? Like bad guy punks from Police Academy. <laughs> I was waiting for Bobcat Goldthwait to come out of the uh, bathroom as yeah. the, uh, the leader of the whole thing. <laughs> they were awesome, yeah. The, uh, the one guy was actually like wearing a Marine Corps cover with like a, uh, a half shirt, uh, muscle shirt or something. It was just like the weirdest wardrobe for any gang. It's like, uh, I don't understand where that comes from. Well, the main bad guy, I think his name was Cooper. He wore, he had kind of a, a, a flat topish hair with a red <laughs> bandana and then a huge fake ponytail like tied up into the back of the bandana that was it just was like a horse tail. so awful. Yeah, it was so great. So awful to look at. <laughs> yeah. Which made it great, right? It did, yes. Okay, so uh, then you notice uh, after it lands on a, you know, on the beach by a dock that it's being piloted by a, and I'm going to call it a mentally disabled Hitler. I call him for the for the sake of uh, the conversation we're going to have. I call him Hitlerd. Hitlerd, like, I like it. <laughs> Hitlerd, like a retard Hitler. Hitler okay. <laughs> for the rest of the, the time, if that's okay with you, man. Because he had like a facial tick, right? He had all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah, like his eyes would twitch, and he always he was overacting the entire time, which I enjoy immensely. Yeah. Um, but it was just straight up a Hitler um, retard. And so he lands, they all get off, and they meet with Asian monks, which uh, one of the Asian monks, I'm trying to remember his name, but he's been in a ton of stuff. 
Yeah, Will called that out too. I watched this the first time with Big Willie, and he was like, man, I've seen that guy in a million low-budget uh, Asian films. Right, and I, it's driving me nuts. I cannot right now remember his name. Oh, anyway, he's been in a ton of stuff. What is Vic Diaz? That's it. That was the main monk? Yes. Okay. And one of my biggest pet peeves, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. So do you remember why they're meeting with these monks? Yeah, they're delivering chicks in return for baskets of jade. Right, which at first I had no idea what that was. I'll be honest. <laughs> Those big green rocks. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they didn't look like they. You figure they're putting them in these baskets. They're really heavy, but these guys are just like having no issue picking up these large baskets of boulder, boulderous jade, if you will. Right. Well, the bigger issue is that like two of them would kind of act like they were heavy, like they'd be grunting and lifting, but on the two <laughs> behind them would be pretty much rolling it or kicking it down a hill, and the ones that are on the plank. Or kind of every time they move something on the plank, they almost fall over. They're so light. So there was definitely some inconsistency with right. the weight of so the I was jade. Like, what, is, what is that particular material? I don't. I don't know what's happening. And I also I thought they were trading the females for the jade uh, for the sex trade. And but I think I that they, they right there. they get into that later in the movie, and I don't want to ruin it just yet. But yeah, that's that was the impression I think they want to give you because you pretty much get nudity right out the box. They rip right. off the chick's clothes, and oh. you get a little full frontal on this too. Some quick shots of full frontal. Well, and, and not the uh, the cheesy like we've talked about earlier, the American perfect breast too. It's like all natural. Um, these girls, I, I don't even know if they like probably even told them what was happening, but they they got them naked as quick as they could. Yeah, my second note of the whole movie is I got the feeling these girls were straight off the street or straight out of a club. They did not look yeah. like actresses. I think they rounded up, you know, I mean, it's the Philippines. They shot in the Philippines. I think right. they rounded up some girls that were around the docks and said, hey, you guys want to make 20 quick bucks, you're going to take your shirt off, get in this cage, in and out, you know? And it was really creepy, just the way the the uh, the baddies were doing it, too. It was just, I don't know. Oh, it was really creepy. They ha And they well, do a close-up on the guys' faces, and they're, like, licking their lips like they're eating a piece <laughs> of steak. <laughs> yeah. And if you realize it, too, it was also really quite unnecessary when you find out later uh, why they were needed. Yeah, should we just spoil that now? Can we spoil yeah, that now? Just go ahead, just go ahead and say it. Uh, they're eating the chicks, apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're feeding them to the uh, the ninja warriors that are also on this island. Fun fact. And just so you know, they, they did show uh, kind of a ninja warrior in the grass when they were coming up the dock. I, I don't know if you saw that or if you caught that. I did. The so, white guy? The white ninja warrior? Tom Selleck? <laughs> pretty uh, much. <laughs> in a gi, painted gray? Yeah, that was him. So that was pretty cool because... I guess they only had a certain or an Asian quota or they met their quota because this samurai, quote, quote, was a white dude. And I don't know if you remember the old Batman from the 60s, like Cesar Romero refused to shave his mustache. This guy obviously did, too. So they just white painted over his big blonde mustache. It's like, <laughs> right? listen, man, I mean, we're really going to need you to shave. Not happening. Yeah. Now, I'm going to back that up for a second. I didn't think they were feeding it to the ghosts. I thought that the monks, them, I'm pretty sure they said the monks themselves were eating the girls because it thought they gave them unnatural power. Now, I, I thought they were actually feeding them to the uh, the ninja zombies. I'm fairly certain it was the monks that were eating them, but I'll... Wasn't there a scene, though, at the end? We're going to... I'm, I'm sure we'll have to talk about this later. Um, wasn't there a scene at the end where it cuts to one of the ninja zombies, like, eating him? They were feeding the girl. They were cutting her up and feeding them. Yeah, they were basting her like a barbecue and everything. But <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure during one of the discussions, and I'm bummed that I don't know this for sure. We're going to have to leave this as maybe a to be continued. I'm pretty sure during one of the discussions they had said that the monks actually eat the chicks. So we'll, we'll have to revisit that for sure. That shows how much we paid attention, right? Hey, I'd, I, I'm We knew that they were, uh, <laughs> there was full frontal nudity and the, uh, the bushes were untrimmed. 
I we saw no idea the the main plot point. I was. saw the important stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really, all those chicks. They, so they end up kicking one of the chicks out of the cage and saying she's too skinny, uh, and take one of the baskets of jade off. But to right. me, they were all like carbon copy. They looked exactly the same. None of them were overweight. And I'm figuring if you're going to eat some chicks, you would want some meat on their bones. These chicks were all super skinny. They just looked like street walkers for the most part. Right. That's probably why later on they wanted the Americans because they're always a little bit more chubby or succulent. <laughs> Maybe, dude. <laughs> Maybe. I think they probably That's took whatever they, they could they, get. But th- that was a weird scene because they, they wave the chicks on this huge like scale that would use for the, the scales of justice, right? Like they have a cage on one side full of chicks. Then they have a, ca- a, a platform on the other side of the scale that's full of baskets of jade. They end up taking off a basket of jade and pulling her out and saying, no, no, she's too skinny. They send her back with the bad guys or the, the white guys or however you want to say it, Hitler. and Hitler. Hitler, yeah, and they don't even, <laughs> and she's kind of mad. Like she's mad that she. What she am I going to do? Like, right, she's do mad mean? that she wasn't chosen. Which at first they were kind of like acting like they were slaves and they're getting their clothes ripped off. Now she's mad that they're not taking her. And then these guys leave her. And in my in my head, I'm thinking, hey, if they don't want to take her, you take her back. You don't just say it's a freebie. Then we're not going to take the jade, but keep the chick. Yeah, but right? why? Why wouldn't the monks like take her? Like, okay, well, I guess we'll figure out something to do with her. We can make yeah. her because later on, you see some of the girls were just slaves. Right? Yeah. So why couldn't they have just taken her? Okay, well, I guess this is a freebie. We didn't pay for her. So anyway, what happens to her? Then that's when super white guy, ninja warrior, ghost. Tom Selleck. Unexplained. That's pretty much, I guess that would be the device for her, right? Like, that's the reason. They needed to kill somebody in the beginning to show that they're going to give a little blood. They're going to show you the ninja, the, the ghost of the ninja samurai. So... She's saying, hey, what are you going to do? You're going to take me. The world's worst. Yeah, the world's worst, absolutely. And he just pops out of the bushes and samurai swords her down and it was it wasn't that awesome <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't really necessary it was just, <laughs> I, I, I love stuff like that man i love um the bright red blood sprays of like tom savini or the hg lewis movies i mean the blood doesn't look real and uh it I, red I paint love it, so, so yeah, basically red, red paint or kool-aid whatever what, what i thought of when i saw that scene there was they couldn't get an an asian looking guy for the samurai ghost but to me Hitler looked like an Asian guy playing a German guy. So, so they had pretty much Asian Hitler, right? Hitler, or was that just some guy left over from the, the Third Reich or whatever that just took over the look? Or? Yeah, I don't think they were trying to say it was Hitler. It's basically, this is a bad dude, and how do you make someone bad? You make him look like, give him a Hitler mustache and put him a swastika on him. You know, that's doesn't get Schwa- much worse. Did you say a swastika? A schwazi. They had to throw a schwazi <laughs> on him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, he was a bad dude, but he uh, he did not look very intimidating at all. So yeah. now we're we, we have nudity, we have a Hitler, we have uh, blood bloodshed, no Samurai. gore really, just bloodshed. Samurais. Right. I mean, this is the first five seconds, pretty much, of this movie. So and that Hitler guy, I had in my notes here, looked a little bit like a dumb. Uh, what was my uh, Higgins from Magnum PI? <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! Oh, he had like man. the same. You know, Higgins would wear those outfits. He had the same outfit, the same stature. Yeah, always, you know, those, Higgins always had like the cow lick in the back, like he couldn't put that piece of hair down or something. Yeah, this guy was a, basically Higgins dressed like Hitler, right? Yeah, okay. I think you're right. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, after that whole opening, which you know draws you right in immediately, right? Um, you gotta you gotta get some. Some backstory, some dialogue. So you cut to a couple of guys talking. And I'm going to be honest right now. I don't know these people's names. Okay. I'm glad you said that. So the first time I watched the movie, me and Big Will, two weeks ago, 
I talked about it a little bit with him. I could not remember one name in the whole movie. I just remember it was like Sullivan, O'Malley. O'Malley, right? yeah, just like total right. stock. Stock names. But that got me thinking about everybody in the movie. And then I started thinking, I don't remember anybody's name in the whole movie. Not not the good guys, not the bad guys, any of them, except for Cookie Winchell, because it was such a fun name. Yeah, so Cookie. I second watched this to pull audio clips, and just because I, I really liked the movie, I didn't mind watching it again. And I was really certain this time to remember a bunch of the names. And it was a little more fun when I actually picked them out and could tell who I liked and didn't like. So it was uh, John, Gary, and Mike were the two, were the three guys from... Uh, I only remember two guys in the taxi, but... Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they they're, they have a brochure about Warrior Island. Right? Yeah, they do. They do, and so, that's the brochure. Pretty much told me what the intro for a top was. Top secret place, <laughs> yeah. an ancient secret that nobody knows about. But literally, a travel company has made a brochure about. Ah, I didn't even think of that when they said. It. But the brochure was basically the intro I played, like Warrior Island, home of blank blank blank. That intro was the brochure. Like that was the right. same wording. Right? <laughs> Yeah, and they talk about it's a, a burial ground of disgraced martial artists, and it's protected by monks. So now we know kind of what was going on. And, and during this process, just so you know, too, we also learned that they are the boys from the Burbank Karate Club Which brings in the flesh. me to my first audio clip, because that was totally awesome. Hold on. You ready? Yep. Are you the boys from the Burbank Karate Club? In the flesh. Awesome. And I think if we don't make stickers and T-shirts with that on it, we're missing out on a huge opportunity. I wrote I down, please, please make me a Burbank Karate Club t-shirt. I wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, next Christmas, can I get that? <laughs> we'll just have it right on the back, right? We don't have one listener that, like, has a silk screen because Burbank Karate Club needs to happen. <laughs> Maybe that's what we'll call, like, our little community. We'll call it the Burbank Karate Club. That is awesome, man. It was the best, like, best stock lame name for a bunch of stock lame dudes. Yeah, and it, they're there. They're at the docks. They're getting on this cruise. And I guess I forget the lady's name. Hazel. Uh, Hazel's setting up a cruise to take people to Warrior Island, right? Right. Okay, so there obviously should be some badasses on this boat. Ooh, and there, there was there ever? Oh, ragtag group of, of uh, I mean, talk about before mixed martial arts, everybody had some sort of uh, training. You know, we got SWAT people. We've got the the world's jujitsu champion on there. I think we had the, was, uh, the karate full contact champion. We had a, a guy that was good with a staff, like a bow fighter. Uh, yeah, it was a cavalcade and, of crap karate from the early '80s. And out of all of that, the best martial artist was the cook. Yes, the shirtless karate chef. His name was Chen. Yeah, shirtless karate <laughs> chef. <laughs> so, he was the best. And how uh, stereotypical! He was the uh, the only Asian one out of the group, right? It, not only was he the best, but during the horribly choreographed fight scenes through this whole movie, absolutely horrible. Some of the worst I've seen. That guy, it felt like he was really good and he was holding back. Like maybe he would do something super cool and they were like, no, no, that's too fast. You need to slow down for the other guys. And he would have to like rein himself in because he actually looked like he knew what he was doing but was held back from doing oh, yeah. actually they something cool. He knows martial arts. Right. Um, and I'm going to go on the record to say that I'm pretty sure that some stuntmen were injured during the <laughs> during, during, during all those chairs getting thrown like around. <laughs> kicking other people in the face. They're making connection and people had to have gotten hurt. It was a wreck. In the making of, the guy said, the Edward Murphy, the director slash writer, he said that he, he choreographed the fight scenes, but he would only give instruction to the two people that the camera were focusing on currently. And everybody in the background, he basically said, do what you think 
fighting people would be doing at this time. <laughs> so if you look in the background on a lot of the fight scenes, two dudes are like, none of them are throwing punches at each other. They're kind of walking towards each other and then back and forth like a, a, a square dancing because they have no clue what they should be doing at that time. It's awesome. I, I want to watch a movie again just so I can pick that stuff out. Oh, the I second love. time around was absolutely. So the, going back to Chin, he was a chef. All uh, what was the uh, Steven Seagal under siege? Right, the chef is the good fighter. Let's say. Right before But he never either was never wearing a shirt, or he was wearing a shirt that was completely undone in the front, like a karate gi that was undone. And I'm thinking, man, I do not want my chef to be sweating his sweaty chest all over my food. He never. I don't know. He didn't even it have that good. Probably happens physique. already. You just don't even know it. Uh, that's true. Never look in the back of the food truck, but. It was awesome that he was always shirtless. The shirtless karate chef is how I wrote him down here. Chin, the shirtless karate cook. And I love the fact that he thought it was absolutely forbidden to go on Warrior Island, but he was working for that cruise line that that's exactly Goes to what Warrior Island. <laughs> right. It's like somebody says, you know, I don't think anybody should ever go to Alaska. So I got a job as a cook to go on the Alaska cruise line. So now I'm hosting oh, Alaska got, trips. Yeah. <laughs> right. So anyway, the, the three guys, just so you know, um, they are asked by Hazel if they're going to be doing a martial arts expedition, or I'm sorry, exhibition right. on the ship. So what do you think they do? Uh, I think they cut to straight to staff fighting, right? Like both staff straight fighting? Straight to a martial arts exhibition. Um, and that's what I noticed. <laughs> I love this stuff. One of the guys that was fighting was wearing a weightlifting belt. Oh, dude, the outfits were amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah, it, there was zero. I, pretty much, I think they went to like thrift stores and just dressed people up because there was no coherency at all to the bad guys, the good guys, the workers. No one was wearing what you would have been wearing. A thrift store and an army surplus store. Yes, or maybe their own clothes. Maybe they just showed up. I have no clue what was going on there, but there was absolutely no wardrobe being handled, which was I no. liked it. I thought it was awesome. But I will say that I was pleasantly surprised at the amount of hot chicks on this boat. Yeah, dude, it was amazing, and how, right? Uh, how easy it is to get hot chicks on film... Uh, for a movie, no matter like what the quality of the movie is. Like, is that the point of exploitation films? Yeah. Okay. Like just to get chicks naked and to see some cool martial arts exhibitions. I have a couple clips from that original uh, fight it, when they first get on the boat and the guys, they're basically a bunch of people are out drinking on the boat on the dock and there's two guys just doing, I guess what you would call Kung Fu fighting, but mostly they're just rolling around and making sounds. They're not even contacting. <laughs> they're not even contacting at I, all. I wish before. Okay. So just, just a disclaimer here. I have a, a description of the martial arts later. Um, I would use them now, but then I think it'll be lost for later for it, some of it. the other fight scenes. But I'm going to, I think uh, I've hit the nail on the head when we discuss that. Ooh, okay. I'm looking forward to that. So let me give you some clips. This is also the first time you're introduced to Lloyd and Lloyd is the, the skeevy, creepy yeah and cookie who's the SWAT team SWAT whatever California SWAT I think is what they said she was Lloyd is like this this weird dude with a little teeny mustache pencil and mustache that's a womanizer he's got this really hot cool ass wife that's super down and fun and he's all he's doing is checking out other chicks and being like this smarmy nasty guy yeah so I got some clips of Lloyd that's great the first clip of Lloyd I got because I thought it was an error in the script, but it turns out it wasn't. So let me give you this. Oh, sit down. Here, have one of my martinis. You catch a that? Martini? Yeah, a martini. martini. Which I thought was a mess up for martini, but it turns out that's a real drink. I looked it up, so I was okay. wrong. Martini. Then there's, <laughs> there's a clip in the background where she talks about the type of fighting they were doing, and she called it, here, I'll give you this. Let's have a big hand, folks, for that exciting performance of Bo Jitsu. 
Bojitsu. So it's basically jujitsu with a bow staff. Bojitsu, which I thought was made up, and that's a real thing. I looked that up really? too. Really? I couldn't believe it, man. I'm shocked. See, I'm, I'm pretty good about finding these errors, and then I end up looking them up, and I'm wrong all the time. So I need to stop finding these errors because yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I just make so making myself look bad. And the other cool thing I had was I think it was Mike that ends up hitting on Lloyd's wife. Right. And Lloyd could actually care less. He just walks up and he's like, hey, what are you doing? And the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know she was taken. And he's like, oh, don't be like that. Here, have a seat. And here's what he tells the guy. When we get together, the way to get by is pull out the booze and let's get high. <laughs> so Sleazeball, man. Because he's it was his idea to get off the boat and go to the whorehouse. Oh, dude. Lloyd was the worst. He was definitely yeah. greaseball, dude. He was totally awesome. So Lloyd was, I got a bunch of clips for this movie too, but uh, most of them are real short like that. So I don't think it'll be... It won't be too clippy, I don't think. Just so you know, she is on the uh, Cookie is on the LAPD SWAT team. That's right, LAPD SWAT team. Cookie Winchell, who was one of the worst fighters. I don't know how she scored the role of Cookie Winchell because she couldn't even kick above her knees. No, and any I mean, fight they, they, with her they, in it was bad. When, when the one guy calls her out for the demonstration, it's supposed to be like you know, come at me with a knife like this, some yeah. sort of self defense type thing. Um, she kicks his ass, but it was the worst kung fu, chop sake, martial arts. I mean, it's like. He held his arm out so she could grab it. <laughs> right. Took it down to the ground. It was just so bad. Even when it was when everybody around her was standing completely still, her moves looked horrible. She could do Yeah, I don't know how she scored that role cuz there was tons of chicks on that boat. She was cute, man. It cute, but no cuter than any of the rest of them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she she passed some sort of agility test or something, or she was no, uh, no way. A producer. She did not pass an agility test, dude. She could not do anything. <laughs> Are so, you saying she did a couch thing? Because I'm, I'm saying that's wrong. But she didn't take her shirt off, so I would. Ah, who knows, man? I don't. However, she scored that role. She was she's the wrong. She's a great actress. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's what I'll say. You also so anyway, get, you get introduced to uh, the chef's. I'm not the chef. I'm sorry. The the boat's captain at that point, which is pretty much the the most well known actor in the whole movie, right? Right, right. Cameron Mitchell? Cameron Mitchell, he plays Harry Dodds. He also, I believe, was married to Hazel uh, in real life, the lady that is running yep. the cruise line. I think that's how she got the role is because That is of him. basically exactly how she got the role. The Edward Murphy somehow knew Cameron Mitchell and approached him with this, and he was, it was pretty much one of those deals where it's like, yeah, I'll do it, but can my wife be in the movie? One of those type of deals, you know? <laughs> and I, and I I'm pretty up. sure they probably, in his rider, they probably have a, a fully stocked bar in his uh, room, oh, in his Cameron little trailer, Mitchell, because dude. I'm pretty sure he was hammered during the entire movie. He's got that face, man, that just catcher's mitt face, that Charles Bronson, <laughs> just yep. leathery, over-tanned. So I pulled up him up on IMDb because he's been in so much stuff, and I'm like, man, I've seen this dude in absolutely everything. He had 241 acting credits on IMDb, going all the way back to 1945. I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and have to admit as well that uh, you've hit on one of my quiz questions. Oh wait, so do I give myself one of these? Hang on, hang on. Right. Let me make sure. Yep, that's one of them. Let me give myself this. Go for it. Groovy. All right. Nicely done. Um, he was also what? Oh, Night Rider. Can I give you a, a quick list of just some of the stuff he's been in? Yeah, please do. I'm gonna read these off, rattle them off as fast as I can, because this is just some of of the many things you might have seen him in if you're our age. Go. Big breath. Bonanza, Mod Squad, Mission Impossible, Ironside, Gunsmoke, Swiss Family Robinson, Hunter, Police Story, Quincy, Hawaii Five-O, Vegas, Charlie's Angels, Incredible Hulk, Magnum P.I., Fantasy Island, Matt Houston, Knight Rider, Fall Guy, Simon & Simon, Matlock, and a ton of other stuff. From A Whisper to a Scream, which is also known as The Offspring, which is one of my favorites. Oh, neat. I've never seen that. And Raw Force. 
I put, and also a bunch of BS at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. But he, was, he had BS a right lot there. of movies in there that, that I had never heard of, but was like, wow, that looks interesting to me. But he's, he's, your, he's your main, he's the only one pretty much anybody's going to recognize in this movie. Right. Unless you're really digging deep on some foreign films. Well, there is one. Maybe I'll, I can't switch the question out now, but uh, do you realize Camille Keaton was in this movie? No. Do you stay in oh, contact with yes. our Twitter at all? Uh, yes, I was just going to say, yes, I do. And I only know that because of, because of your Twitter feed. Yes, I yeah. do. And she's girl in the toilet. I spit on your grave, and she was billed as girl in toilet. So I'm guessing she was the redhead that the guy couldn't get her pants off? Probably. Yeah, okay. Yep. And so, I also wrote down, before we skip to the next part, uh, I also wrote down that I could not tell the Burbank Karate Club guys apart because they all had the same hair. And yeah. when I say hair, I'm talking about chest hair. Because they all had their shirts open, <laughs> and they all had hairy chests. <laughs> they all had the uh, the same kind of bouffant hairdo too. I mean, it was, it was very stock characters. There was no diversity whatsoever, except for uh, chin, right? And, the monks. and that got me thinking: when chest hair was like a big deal in the early '80s, when did that become not cool? Because like Magnum PI and uh, Burt Reynolds, uh, even Hasselhoff to some extent, like that was like a symbol of manly manliness to have just that big old tuft of chest hair and your shirt open and that is like gone completely now and i don't know when that changed was it like late 80s when that went away dude <laughs> i don't know what well, we're talking about. the reason i'm asking is because i would like to display mine proudly you know? i think you can still do that man i mean i don't think there's any rule book that tells people uh, that they should should shave their chest hair it's just maybe it's kind of like you know uh your undercarriage, uh, <laughs> manscaping, you know, hygiene habits. Sometimes, uh, you know, the times say that this is acceptable and this isn't. And times, who knows? Before long, chest hair may be back. We could have, you know, braids for chest hair. Nobody knows. I just like to know when it's okay for me to start doing that. Is all I'm saying. That's all I'm getting <laughs> you, at. You should start that trend. Well, when I was a kid, I was a child in the '80s. I would always think like, "Oh, that is the coolest man." Like, look at that dude. You got the big old <laughs> chest hair. The manly man. Now. Not cool at all. <laughs> I can safely say, Steve, that I have never had that thought in my life. Dude, Burt Reynolds wasn't the coolest when you were a kid. I never once thought, like, man, that guy's chest hair is amazing. I can't wait to have a full, fully developed chest for hair. But I did think that, and as soon as I got it, it wasn't cool anymore. Like, I got screwed on that. <laughs> I wanted it when I was a kid, and then when it grew, it was not cool. So that what sucks. Do, what do people who have chest hair do? I mean, are they just laughed at and, put, you know, at wet and wild, right? If you have chest hair, what do you do? Shave it off? Or what if? See, I don't go shirtless. That's my trick. But I would assume if I was to go shirtless a lot, I'd probably take some nice clippers to it. I think this is probably not the time to get into this conversation. But Wow, man. <laughs> just right. That is the most off the rails we've ever gone. Yeah. Congratulations. Big bummer on the chest hair is all I'm saying. I'm going to cap it <laughs> off with that. <laughs> Everybody's, everybody's hair looks the same. Their chest hair. These guys were proudly Please displaying somebody it. make a clip of that. Please, God. <laughs> all right, I'll leave that one alone. Right. So anyway, uh, the, uh, the getting back to the movie, Chin, the cook, he gives, uh, I think he gives the captain or the madam an, uh, an ultimatum, right? Um, nobody's allowed at Warriors Island. They shouldn't stop there because only martial artist outcasts are allowed there. Uh, which is, you know, your typical B-movie warning. they got to have some sort of warning. Um, but he said, setting foot on the island will invoke the wrath of Buddha, which I thought could be offensive to some people because isn't Buddha a peaceful god? Uh, you're right, man. Buddha's supposed to be the, the serenity. I don't know. Wrath uh, of Buddha. 
with typical white guys writing the script who don't know anything about right. different religions, right? Or culture, right. <clears throat> so at that point, uh, they stop, they, they have a port of call, I guess, is what you call it, right? So the Madame O'Malley, uh, Lloyd, and whatever Lloyd's wife is, they go to a city that I couldn't tell what city it was. Did they ever say? Not that I caught, no. It was just a port of call, you know, before you get to your destination to get off and stretch your legs and buy some crap at a jewelry store. Right, touristy, tourist trap place. Right. Well, O'Malley and Lloyd, uh, it's Lloyd's idea, by the way, they decided to go to a quick jaunt to a cat house. I wrote down Creeper Lloyd. Yes, Creeper Lloyd. <laughs> Creeper Lloyd. Uh, while the girls just sit around and admire Jade souvenirs. And at that point, you cut to the uh, the ponytail villain with Hitler talking about the illegal Jade business. So um, they're trying to figure out how to increase, um, increase the amount of Jade they can get for these girls, right? right. Now, here was, here was what was weird for me is they were talking about um, how much money they were going to make on this Jade, but previously... Hazel and the girl were talking about how cheap the jade tourist gifts were. Right. So uh, you could probably make more money off your jade if you just increase the price of your jade trinkets, right? Instead of like increasing the amount of girls you kidnap for the jade. The next line I have in my notes is, is jade worth anything? Question mark. That was the <laughs> next thing. It, I also said uh, maybe they should have picked another stone that would be because it's kind of like saying a bucket of turquoise, right? Like it seems like you could just get jade or my mom. My mom has a bunch of jade. Like how valuable is it? You know, uh, right. and is it fragile? Because they were all boxed in boxes that said fragile. All the jade was in crates marked fragile. And I, I would assume like a raw earthstone like that wouldn't be super fragile. But those are well, questions sure I had about jade. Want to try. Well, it, it was funny because during that entire conversation between the uh, ponytail guy and Hitler. Um, I, I actually stopped paying attention because I was getting hypnotized by his winking eye, Hitler's <laughs> winking eye. <laughs> and I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or maybe it's like it was a character twerk or like a trait he was trying to bring into the, the role, but it, it just kind of hypnotized me and it, it bothered me a little bit. Did, did it bother you that their police disguise uniforms were, were basically their normal clothes with like a police hat on top of the bandana and ponytail? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You know, what if, too, what if Hitler was doing that blinking thing, um, kind of like an inside joke to so nobody pays attention to their wonky storyline, right? <laughs> it would make like more he's, sense. <laughs> he's, he's saying something on screen, but he's winking to the audience, like breaking that fourth wall. like yeah. eh. Which they do at the end, too, man. It's funny. They do. Yeah. They do. So it cuts then to O'Malley and the clueless guy. They're in the cat house. Uh, Hitler and his cronies were going to hit this cat house because obviously they want the women. But Hitler, uh, Hitler goes in before... Um, and he sees the guys talking about Warrior Island, and he tells them not to go there, right? Right. He doesn't want anybody encroaching on his, his business, right? Right. So while O'Malley's having that conversation with Hitler, Lloyd's in the back of the cat house fondling, uh, cluelessly fondling hooker boobs. Right. Kind of like a 15-year-old kid, uh, 15-year-old D&D wizard. I mean, <laughs> like he had, he had never seen these boobs before in his life, right? Can I, can I describe the cat house for you? <laughs> Yeah, please do. It was a one-room white office that had like a poster on the wall and a statue of Buddha. There was there was the lighting was there's strictly no ambiance, out, so like nothing. There's no way you're they're gonna get you ready for sexy time in that place. No, this was guaranteed somebody's office that they rented for the day. It was just a white white walled four white walls with bright fluorescent lighting up high. I think there was like a black light poster on the wall or like a poster of like a, a black velvet poster and a lava lamp and a statue of Buddha. <laughs> there was nothing else. There wasn't Shay's lounges. There wasn't a, there was nothing in that thing other than. Plus, there was no other girls there. Were there? There's like the, the one main madam chick. 
who I thought and was cool. The, I liked her. Yeah, but then the the chick that Lloyd was fondling, and it was just basically O'Malley sitting at the bar by himself, like checking out his Warrior Island brochure. Yeah, that that's that strip club was horrible. It was like the worst cat house they've, I've ever seen on film. It was bad. I totally agree. <laughs> I just want to say too that I, I think that brochure for Warriors Island, Secret Warrior Island, was about as big as a TGIF menu. Right. <laughs> You're right, dude. It was like a, <laughs> it was a pamphlet. It was a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> this place is supposed to be top secret, and it's got like eight folds. Got like a, you know, <laughs> eight fold. It was just ridiculous. Like something you get at the doctor's office about high blood pressure, right? Like a big fold-out menu. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. I hope you have a clip of that chick's, uh, that clip, the, the type of girl the, uh, the mama-san was into. Do you have that? No, I don't. And it was really hard. There was a few clips I wanted to take. There, the audio on this movie was so bad that when you cut from one person to the other, the background noise was even different. And when I'd elevate one person's voice to the sound of the other, it, was just, it, sound, it wasn't even worth playing. Oh, yeah. I mean, several times in this movie, like I said, you could see the dust. Yeah. And the, the age of the film stock, yep. the, the dubbing and um, the sound was completely off a lot of times when people were talking, which adds more to the charm of the movie, obviously. Oh, I think the whole movie was done dubbed in studio. I, they were speaking English, but I think I don't think any of the audio was captured on the spot because none of it matched that I could You're probably tell. right. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, what happens? Hitler um, and his cronies, they take over the, the joint. And I thought this was kind of cool. This was uh, reminiscent of Indiana Jones music, right? I, I, the I first Indiana Jones when they're fleeing out of the, the window. I missed the music. It's kind of like that little flute noise. Ah, Oh, yes. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just like, I'm waiting for like the monkey to come out of the wicker basket. Nice, yeah. Mary in a run by or something. But it was very reminiscent of that type of music. Which came first, by the way? I don't know. Raw Force or Indiana Jones? This was what, 82? When was Indiana Jones? Probably after this, or around the same time. Indiana Jones would have been after Star Wars, so Empire Strikes Back was 81. Yeah, this would have been before, I think. Oh, wow. Anyway, in my no, notes, I put Z-grade Indiana Jones music. That's good. I had in mind here, why did they have to... So basically, they went in there dressed up like police to round these chicks up to steal them, and the police outfits, again, was like a police hat on yeah. top of a bandana, and the police coat not even buttoned up on top of his half shirt, red and half shirt. And obviously his hair is not in regulation. Yeah, he did not, the size of he, his ponytail. He did not hair. police his mustache. He did not police his ponytail. <laughs> yeah. It's right. ridiculous, dude. Right, but I, I was trying to think, like, why did they even go in there pretending to be cops? I mean, they basically kidnapped him anyway. They might as well just gone in and kidnapped him. What was the whole... Yeah. Right. Un- unnecessary, but still kind of cool. They put, like, a big fake cop- police sticker over a truck that was, like, before that importing or something. A bunch of unnecessary crap went on because they weren't even trying to be realistic about it. No. Maybe that's how gullible uh, certain cultures are. They see somebody, hey, I'm a cop, and I have uh, the sticker to prove it. So they're just like, okay, you can, you can kidnap my entire room. Of, Either way, unnecessary, because you know. they basically strong-armed all these chicks into a van and took off, they right? knew, Yeah, it, yeah. it was, I mean... A totally unnecessary ruse. Right. So then it cuts to where the Burbank Karate Club and the captain are having a drink. And I'm going to go on record to say this is the most confusing bar I've ever been to. I think John Taffert would have <laughs> a lot of problems <laughs> fixing this mess. Because, I mean, there was like a cheesy disco music, right? Yep. Uh, you had couples dancing on the floor uh, along with naked girls gyrating on the bar. And right. all the booths look like a Mexican restaurant, right? Like these weird Mexican <laughs> restaurant like booths. Chips and salsa at the table. Yeah. I don't get what's happening here. But uh, for some reason, Hitler's brigade go and grab the captain. 
And I, I had no idea how they like put two and two together. Maybe they knew he was going to Warrior Island. Yeah, they got him in the bathroom. Like he goes to the bathroom, he separates him out, and they right. follow him into the bathroom. Yeah. But I don't, I don't remember why. Did they hear them talking at the booth maybe, or they, or they followed O'Malley back? I, I have no idea, but they decided to take the captain. So they kidnap him. He gets almost out all the way, and that's when uh, the uh, Chopsaki Asian Chef Chin gets uh, – to kick some ass. Finally. Yeah, that, that that bar fight scene was amazing. That was a horrible scene. There was shit going on. And I'm telling you, everywhere. again, I firmly believe several stuntmen were injured during the filming of that fight scene because I saw punches landing. <laughs> I they just didn't see it coming. <laughs> and also, I thought it was it, the, the the fight choreography wasn't good, but I was confused because you would see like really crappy karate or whatever you call it. And then it would intersperse with naked chicks dancing on the bar like they're watching the fight go down. None of them are concerned. Like, this is something that happens every day in this bar. Well, that was the joke. That was like the, the Western bar where the piano player keeps playing during a fight, right? Like, that's what they right. were going for there. Right. And they kept cutting to the one dancer who, man, I, I hate to, I did this in Silent Night, Deadly Night, but I'm going to, I'm going to have to get to this again. But she had armpit hair and they focused, <laughs> they focused that? on her armpit hair too much, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this happening right now, man? I wrote down, nice taters framed in hair. <laughs> That's what I wrote down for the chick, dude. <laughs> Sorry, man. I know you got a cold. I hate to keep making you cough. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going to have to edit that out. What is going on, Steve? I don't, Dude, they, she was dancing with her arms above her head the whole time, and you she had hairy go, armpits. Yeah, but you always go down roads that I never expect you to go down. I don't know if that's good or bad. But what people fodder and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and the dude's the dude's taint hair in the last episode it was everywhere <laughs> so bad <laughs> i think you and i are gonna have to talk <laughs> for sure so yeah. I mean, while you're noticing that i'm noticing that like uh the captain is gingerly stepping on overall mustachioed guy right and when he steps on him you can tell he's like trying not to hurt him, but then you hear the sound of like somebody biting into an apple. So, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't know, so I didn't know if that was supposed to signify like a bone was breaking at that point or what. Yeah, that was uh, the foley work, man. That was a tight, <laughs> tight foley work going on there. If somebody bit into an apple or somebody like broke a uh, stalk of celery or something, but you're you're looking at their armpit hairs, so that's good attention to detail for sure from both of us. Nice taters framed in hair. <laughs> that's the description of that dancer. <laughs> Please, God, Jeff. You hear <laughs> nice taters framed by armpit hair. You've got to take that. <laughs> All right. So All right. that fight was was when they get Chen out fighting, he was doing a pretty obvious Bruce Lee impression as well, right? He made the noises. He would do the, the stare after he'd throw a punch. He would do the little the little Bruce Lee mannerisms. So right. I'm sure they pretty much told him, like, hey, Bruce Lee's hot right now. Enter the dragon, all that Whatever stuff. Whatever you like, got to do, man. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. He had the same haircut and every, everything, yeah. Well, groin kicks and roundhouses uh, pretty much saved the day at the bar. And then the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life, um, as Ponytail is <laughs> ah. driving away in the van, that was moments earlier used to kidnap an entire room filled with girls. Right. John. I think it was o It's John. It's Sullivan. It's not O'Malley? It's Sullivan. Okay. He jumps and does a like a flying kick into the window as Ponytail guy drives by. Yes. Now, how could that ever work? He drop kicked a truck. Not the guy. Not the driver, a truck off the and road. The, the truck inexplicably <laughs> runs off the road into a cage of ducks. He didn't hit the driver. Remember this. He kicked the truck off the road. <laughs> You're sure? <laughs> I thought 
I thought he had kicked Ponytail Guy in the face while he was sitting in the driver's seat as it drove past him. Now, the window broke, but it didn't shatter and the foot didn't come through. He kicked the truck off the road is the way I took that. (laughs) Well, even more ridiculous is, so after that, right, after this ridiculous car where he kicks a truck off the road, it cuts to the ship being underway, Ponytail plotting with Hitler, and this is the most hilarious thing to me. Ponytail has band-aids all over his face. Oh, I wrote that down. For the rest down. of the movie, man. The whole rest of the movie. So not only that, they went with John's hurt foot for the whole rest of the movie. Yeah. He, he didn't have a shoe the rest of the movie. Sometimes he would limp. Sometimes he needed a crutch. Sometimes he was fine and he could do kung fu fighting. But he never had a shoe on. And they always had a bandage on his foot through the rest of the whole movie. They stuck with that. Yeah. yeah, I don't get it. I mean, could they uh, obviously special effects budget was non-existent, so you can't do like little cuts or scars or anything. But do you really have to do band aids? I mean, this is like you know he's the main bad guy. Just three band aids. That's all it took. Big, big <laughs> no makeup bad. whatsoever. Right. So, <laughs> so then, I, um, there, was, I have a quick clip for you there. I caught a quick when they're getting back on the boat after the bar fight. Totally okay. awesome bar fight. Let me say that again. Totally awesome bar fight. There's. Uh, the guy that's doing the announcement over the PA on the boat as they're boarding, and I, I capped it, and I wrote down, this is a mash joke. So I'm going to play that for you. We are now departing. Those of you tossing money into the bay are again reminded that the divers request that you do not throw any nickels or dimes. quarters and above. Right? That's a mash joke? <laughs> oh, no, I've never... My brother's a huge MASH fan, but I don't think I've ever watched one full episode. So there's, uh, a, there's, a, a, there's a guy that you never see in MASH that's always coming over the speakerphone, and he would make that, that type of a joke. And this, even his voice even sounded like that guy. This is totally a MASH joke, 100%. <laughs> that was great. Man. Yeah. I'm trying to think of somewhere something relatable because I've heard that before. Maybe it's like. It's almost like something you would put in a Zucker Brothers film or right. something. Right. Oh, yeah. You're thinking, you, you know what you're thinking of? You're thinking airplane. The white zone is for loading of do not load. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And every time he came on the PA, it was an airplane or MASH style joke like that. Did you watch this on your computer so you could listen to headphones? Or did you actually hear that when it played on the TV? Because I didn't hear it. I watched it once on TV and then I watched it on the computer for the clips and I caught way more on the computer. And there was some I wanted to take that it just I just had too many clips I didn't take. But there was constant jokes in the background like that. <laughs> that was that was gold. Yeah. Comedy gold right there. Yeah. I'm just going to say too, the the uh, when the Burbank Karate Club parties. Hey, they... <laughs> <laughs> that party was ridiculous, man. So they're back on the boat now, right? And it's like Revenge of the Nerds style party here. It's a it's a birthday party for a guy named Steve. Right. And it, well, I wrote down on that? the best bar or club scene ever is what I wrote down. All caps. Uh, <laughs> totally oh, awesome. When, when Cookie gets hit on by the male stripper, and it pisses her off when she finds out he's a male stripper. Right. I have that too. Like, I have clips he, on that. Okay, please play that because okay. I'm just going to go out on a limb here. All right. I don't know what he says. Does he say the stain to Ganya in Marina del Rey or the stallion galleon? Stallion galleon. Or the stallion scallion? I couldn't understand what he... I, I listened to it like 10 times. I knew we were talking about this, so... Well, th- before we even get to that, this guy is one of about 20 of the coolest, most unique characters in oh, this room. Oh, the guy room. with the skullet? That guy stole every scene he was in. He was in the movie for less than 30 seconds of screen time. I they should take have made him one of the main karate, uh, Bur- Burbank Karate Club guys. He was totally awesome. So let me, I'll, I'll take you back to the Stallion Galleon here. He's hitting on Cookie Winchell and he's telling her he's a male stripper. That's what I'd clipped. And it pisses her off immensely. Right. Here you go. What do you do? I'm a male stripper. Really? 
That's interesting. Excuse me. Ever hear of the Stanging Gang in a Marina del Rey? No. Hey, I'm the star attraction there. <laughs> Dude, this guy, and really, if you're listening to this show, do yourselves a favor, do a Google image search on Raw Force. I'm 100% sure you're going to find the skullet picture is going to be like the first first picture you see. So that guy that I just played the clip of, he is basically a porn star. He's got like the mustache, the bowl haircut. He's the weirdest, greasiest Italian looking awesome, totally awesome, which then cuts to the bar scene and the bartender has the biggest mutton chops, red mutton chops. Skullet from dude. C- completely bald on top with the biggest red afro in the back. It, it was amazing. Just and that also guy he is has amazing. a very unique way of uh, providing ice for your beverages. Uh, headbutt, right? Does he break the ice well, with his I, head? Well, <laughs> I order a sweet vermouth, and you get a, a headbutt to a block of ice, and then ice that was created from the headbutt is put into your drink. Ice that so, was now on the carpet of the boat. On his head, head first. <laughs> then carpet. Then carpet now goes in your glass, and that's to cool down your sweet vermouth. Drink. Right, and so I took a clip it. of him too, just because I had to have something. But he really isn't doesn't have a lot of screen time. I have no idea why, but I did take a clip of him as well. He was hitting on the chick, and I thought this would be fun. So here we go. Want to have dinner tonight, doll baby? I have a boyfriend back in California. Say, uh, you're pretty. Do you have a sister? No, but I have a cousin. <laughs> Weird. Okay. <laughs> Let me just say that that is the longest set piece in the entire movie that does nothing to move the story further at all. And also all. the best part of the movie. What do you know? Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, they, hey, look, we got you know $10,000 left in our budget. What are we going to do? Well, I need about 20 minutes worth of filler. So can we throw a party on the boat and just see what the hell happens? That, par- that party, you get introduced to another guy named Milt. I don't know if you caught Milt or not. Nope. So Milt looks exactly like Gary. He's a red hair guy with a little bit of a mustache. The third, the kind of the bumbling oaf of the Burbank Karate Club. I don't was think that Milt was part of it. Was that he was doing the karate in the bedroom with yes. the girl tied down to the yes. table? Yes. Or the bed? Yes. So they where, set, what ha- where did that guy come from and where did he go? So they, they introduce Milt at this party and John introduces him as the, a full contact karate champ. So that's his backstory. Uh, I don't think he was part of the club or anything. He's just another badass that's on the boat. Uh, so let me. I, I'm pretty sure this is an I'm audio. I'm gonna say the bad guys picked the wrong boat to try and take over. Yeah, a boat full of bodyguards <laughs> and stuntmen and karate experts, right? So I took a and clip. LAPD SWAT cars. And LAPD. I got a clip here of John introducing Milt, and I'm pretty sure this was like a one taker that they just left in. Tell me what you think. Okay. Hey, John, more beer? Hey, Milt, how's life? All right. You know, Milt here is a contact, uh, full contact karate champion of the West Coast. Wow. <laughs> I forgot my line there. Crap. That That's a mess up, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just they making definitely, sure. That was a one taker that they left in there. Just making sure. sure. And then I have, I, I'm telling you, I'm sorry about all these clips, but I got two more from this part that just have to be played. One of them is where the, what did the stallion galleon? Is that what he, I, I think it was the stallion gang, but I put down the stallion scallion and the stank, the stang to gang you. I thought he was talking about a gang rape. It was so slimy. And the party was being held for that dude, Steve, and he's the guy that was super overdubbed with like the really deep voice. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, thank so I, you. I got two clips here. They're both from the same conversation. I just, so it's not too long. Uh, this is just random conversations from random cool people on the party. Here's, here we awesome. go. My ex-boyfriend couldn't make love to me till I did a striptease first. What do you call that? Fetishes. He was into fetishes. That's really sick. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of liked it myself. 
Oh my god! Just conversations like that going on all Is, over. That the place. was that was the girl that she she killed her husband because he was in the mob or something, right? And so Steve was getting it on with her, right? Steve was, and then Milk comes in, correct? And then I have the second part of that conversation. Milk came in just to save him, I think, though, right? No, Milt was at the gym because when they first go in the cabin, he says, we got to hurry before my my roommate gets back from the gym. And that's she's right. like, I don't care. He can join in. Like, she's pretty oh, down. That's right. Right? So I'm just going to say this, too, because the bad guys are boarding the ship at this point, right? We kind of skipped ahead. No, not at this point. They're still talking <clears throat> in the bar. We did skip ahead to the cabin scene with, with uh, Milt, yes. But okay. these clips are still from the bar scene where they're just introducing one after another of the weirdest characters I've seen. Uh, this is the stallion whatever just listen. Oh, the second the second scene with him in it? Just listen to this and tell me what the part you think I liked. All right. Hey, this famous actress. I think you guys would know her. She sits by the stage. <laughs> you gotta see this. She shoves hundred dollar bills down my chalk. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Down my down my chalk. That guy was probably really who he says he is he's probably is really a male stripper because he's definitely not an actor oh, that, by any stretch of the imagination let me see if i can get just the, the jock here just the damn my jock damn my jock <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that was awful i love yeah. that guy and so him those two are pretty much the highlights of that of that bar scene is the the bartender that has way too little time and this italian whatever that scallion <laughs> We'll call him the, the Stallion Scallion. The, the Scallion. Oh, man. They were great. <laughs> Just the pictures of those guys were great. Just excellent. So the ship is now being boarded by these the bad guys, obviously. Ponytail and Hitler. I don't think Hitler makes it on the ship. Right. Um, but I noticed that they choke a guy. I don't know where the chains come from. They, they're literally like sneaking up on the side of the ship. And all of a sudden, this guy's got a large chain and he chokes a guy with it. So what, when you choke somebody with a chain, causes them to bleed profusely out of their mouth? <laughs> the, the pinching? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like crushing his, everything in his neck, right. his throat. So I, I've seen that used in several uh, low-grade movies. Obviously, they, they have a budget. They're trying to throw some right. blood in there, and they don't really have much of a special effects guy, so they do that. But I've always wondered that. So they're, what the, causes it? They're cutting back and forth now between that crazy party and people bo- boarding the boat. And you meet a couple other of the key players, which was the centerfold girl who was Hazel's friend, who I thought was really pretty, uh, very right, pretty yep. face. Very pretty. And that's when you really get a clip of this other weird dude who Hazel's trying Silver to hook her Vest up with. Silver Vest guy? Or no? He, is that Silver Vest guy? It might be. No, he was a bad guy. So that was who I thought was out of the ordinary. Oh, there was a bunch out of the ordinary. I'm going to get to that too. But I'll play one of the final clips from the bar scene. This is after they start boarding. This is... I'm trying to get you out of this quagmire. You, you realize that, right? I've tried no, no. three times now. The, the bar scene's staying in there, bro. It's, <laughs> the, the bar <laughs> scene's the movie. So this is... This is basically like the movie itself. We're reliving it. Because yes, we spent uh, more time on this bar scene. Than the movie <laughs> did, right? Movie. Right. So this, the centerfold chick gets introduced to some other weirdo. And here's this guy. You're not doing it for publicity. I know why you're doing it. Why am I doing it? For the devil. The devil? Yeah. Look around this place. It's the devil's den. <laughs> Are you joking? No, Betty. The devil's no joke. <laughs> Where did that religion... This, this message brought to you by the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints. I just want to cut out that the devil's no joke. I just want to keep that for myself. <laughs> that guy's got to be from... 
Tennessee. And there's also, I mean, besides that, and I'll, this would be the last thing about the bar or about this party, there's also slapstick going on. There's like a cake to the face, like a dude drops a yeah. birthday cake on a guy's face. There's like a, a little, little earlier. comedy with the guy trying to right. get the pants off of Camille Keaton in the bathroom and he right. can't figure that out. Can't get her pants off. There's a spaghetti dinner where like the spaghetti, the guy holding all the spaghetti falls over with it and <laughs> crashes. Uh, Gary, I think Gary knocks into the spaghetti dinner. There's a lot of, that scene had a lot of stuff packed into a small scene. Totally awesome scene, too. Can we move on? I guess. So if you, <laughs> if you want to move on, if you want to move on to the bad guys, <laughs> the bad guys boarding the ship with all the half shirts and shit, right? Right. So the silver vest guy, the half shirt with the ninja sword. Two things came to mind. I thought either this is the theme gangs from the Warriors, like the Baseball Furies and the Mimes coming right. up, or this is the YMCA group because there was like a construction worker guy. Uh, football player helmet. About the village people. Yeah, there's like the Hispanic guy with the helmet with the backward swastika. Right. There's like a Native American dude. So it's either, however, whichever way you want to go with that, it's either the theme gangs from the Warriors or the village people, the YMCA village people video. But that's basically what the bad guys are dressed as as they're boarding the ship. Right. That's their bad guy gear for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, get a get your your uh, Marine Corps helmet and your shirt stays on. We're gonna go attack this ship. Yeah, okay. and apparently half shirts really help with being aerodynamic or something. Uh, the only thing missing from that guy's outfit was like a pair of roller skates or something. Pretty much, and even the ones that didn't have a half shirt, they cut little louvers into the sides of yeah. their shirt. It was craziness. It's man. probably good for your karate, man. I mean, yeah. you only get caught up in your clothing. Right. So and those that's dudes- what I noticed too, like chin. His chef uniform was starting to look more and more like just a regular gi. It was a gi. It wasn't even a chef's uniform. It had the gi buttons on it. So, I mean, that was what he wore to work to make food for people. If he wore a shirt at all, it was an open gi. But most of the time, there was no shirt at all. And I wanted to proudly proclaim right now that we should trademark this. A new drinking game, and I know you you and Will came up with it. New drinking game is you drink every time there's a roundhouse uh, delivered. If if we could keep account of the number of roundhouses in this movie... (sighs) I mean, would you say, not exaggerating, would you say there's more than 50 roundhouse kicks thrown in this movie? 100%. Okay. And I would also have to say that the Hispanic male that attacks the female tied to the bed, oh, I don't know if you realize this or not, um, besides having the backward swastikas on his helmet, he also um, had boxer shorts with hearts on them. Yes. And he had a jean, what was it, a jean vest? Like- <laughs> yeah. And, and he never um, zipped his pants up. So the entire time he was fighting with Milt... His boxer shorts with hearts were coming out of the pants. Riding. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, one of the guys was wearing a Superman t-shirt. One of the bad guys on the ship was wearing a Superman t-shirt. Stuff was happening. Stuff was happening. And one of the guys also apparently had face paint. I put it in my notes. One guy had muscle t-shirt, sweatpants, white beanie cap, and an awesome lip sweater. So it must be like <laughs> some, some sort of like maybe a Rolling Stone shirt or right, something. Right, the big lip logo. So that was that was his uniform. Muscle shirt, sweatpants, white beanie cap. Oh, no, he had an awesome lip sweater, his mustache. That, lip was, that was probably the guy I thought was the Baseball Furies with like the white face paint, right? It probably is, yeah. So the I think that that Nazi guy you're talking about, the Nazi Mexican, yeah. and the chick tied to the bed, for me, the chick tied to the bed was the best actress in the movie. I thought she, she was awesome. And she was smoking hot, too. Dude. Smoking hot, super, super cool acting. I thought she was believable. And that fight scene between Milt and the Mexican Brutal, dude man. was the that best was fight amazing. scene. Best fight scene in the movie. Absolutely insane, man. I love that fight scene with I every ounce too. of my heart. 
I did too. Now, Milt, like I said, in the first watching, I thought he was Gary. I got Milt and Gary confused. He was one right. of the cloud, but he wasn't. Milt was definitely a different person. Do you realize at one point, too, that the Mexican tries to, to discontinue the fight, right? The Hispanic guy is like, I'm done with this. And he leaves the room, and that's when the dude punches the door down for no reason whatsoever. I put I put Milk Milt turned into the Hulkster in that because he started shaking like Hulk Hogan before he like got up yeah. from a wrestling and just tore the door off its hinges. And then and you know what he does for the final move? He gives the dude a swirly in the toilet. <laughs> That's how they end it. They end it with a swirly, dude. <laughs> and then so after all of this mayhem, the best fight there is between these two guys. Chin has a little bit of fight, I believe. Um, the, they kidnap the blonde girl, the hot one that Hazel just introduces to, right? Yeah. And then they set the ship ablaze, which, during this process, that was the strangest fire effect I've ever seen. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? It's like the, it was like it was all in camera, but it was like a weird fire orb pulsating out. I don't know what they used for that effect, but it was not very good. Yeah, it was. It wasn't good. It was very. Yeah, there was a lot of stock footage used in this, and I wonder if they were just layering. Yeah, well, they they while they're abandoning the ship, there's just all sorts of like weird goofy looking fireball footage and stuff it was just really weird so a couple more things that happened during that fight that i wanted to ask you about was oh, sorry i should have gone ahead my fault buddy no no it's okay a couple of things here was when the they, that one guy's sword got stuck in the piece of wood with the blade sticking out how yeah how positive were you that someone was going to get impaled on that i'm not positive at all because i didn't see any thing in this movie indicating there was going to be any type of really good special effects going on okay when i saw that blade sticking out i said well somebody's going to land on that that's pretty sure about that and that did not happen no it did it did it did yeah it did i don't remember that happening. it's, it's right towards the beginning one of the first guys that they fight with uh the sword gets stuck in a piece of wood and he pushes him up against it and impales him on it i don't even remember that it, it was kind of forgettable to be honest I'm it was very sorry, short. Man. no dude there wasn't even any blood involved and when they cut to the guy he basically was holding the sword between his arm and chest like in his <laughs> armpit <laughs> basically I, 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 yeah i was not uh taken aback by the um special effects prowess for sure right there and, the, and the fight choreography uh the other thing i noticed there was during that fight scene is where mike o'malley he's kind of hitting it off with lloyd's wife outside again and that, ooh, and that, yeah you okay yeah okay that's where mike uh, reveals that he was military, right? That's that's giving him the badass background of the military. Okay. And here's what he says he does in the military. <laughs> <laughs> what you do in the army? I flew a Huey Cobra. A helicopter, right? Machine of war, though, would be a better term. Had 16 guns and was capable of firing 948 rounds per second. Really? <laughs> wow. Really? Wow, that's it almost I, sounds like Bob from Bob's Burgers. Ah, damn it. All right. Oh, I got something later for you on that. Uh, okay. Huey Cobra is a term that I have. I'm not super good with military helicopters, but I'm okay. okay. And Huey Cobra is not something I would use to describe anything, but I like that they used it. <laughs> uh, there was also a really cool fight with John with his bandaged foot where he's using his crutch and he. That's right. He yep. does the crutch to the nuts pretty much, and, <laughs> which. I, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think we've had a nutshot kick in almost every, all four of our films Steve. now. Definitely in Big Trouble in Little China. I'm pretty sure in Troll Hunter, didn't, wasn't there a nut kick in Troll Hunter? For one of the trolls, right? And then in the last one, there definitely was because... He got DeSanta. kicked in the balls harder than any man's got kicked in the nuts ever. Right. And it didn't phase him. So we're keeping yeah. with our we're keeping with our theme That's of good. I and like everything. To see quality in our journalism. <laughs> right. So okay, the, the big fight. All Bring kinds the of people. What they want. Right. Uh, 
Harry finally finds out, finds his gun that he's rifling around in his cabin for, like way late. The fight's already over. Comes out shooting at nothing. Right? <laughs> shooting at nothing. Right. They throw an uh, inflatable raft over the side of the boat. That was the coolest special effect is when that thing was inflating. I thought it was awesome. And then they threw it in. I've the, never seen one up close. I'd never saw one like that. I was waiting for someone to get hurt because they were too close to it. I'm thinking it's going to blast somebody, you know, because it was, it was a legit cool raft, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then they threw it in the water upside down. <laughs> it's like bottom side I up. The, I think with those ships, though, you can do either side. I think it's like the same distance. So it's for ease of use. You know what? Go back and rewatch. I watched it twice, and I'm fairly certain that this one, when they threw it in, had just a flat bottom. And then when they cut to it, it's actually turned around where there's a cup um, in the thing. So I'm pretty sure that they, it was backwards the first time you around. You mean to tell me like a continuity editor or somebody wouldn't catch that and stop that before it hey, made it to Hey, what do I know, dude? What do I know? Um, but, and, you know, I think that's when you really notice the Band-Aids on the dude's face. I don't think he came out with the Band-Aids after the bar fight scene. I think he came out with the Band-Aids after, after this fight, after the boat fight. Uh, nope, because I remember him before? on the dock looking at the boat, and he's got all those band-aids on his face. Okay. okay. And I'll the only thing that. missing is like him bringing his hands about how he can't wait to get back. You know those guys for roughing him up at the bar. Cooper. His name's Cooper. Cooper. Po- ponytail Sorry. guy's name is Cooper. Right? Ponytail guy. So I guess no money for makeup is what I'm getting out of that. Throw <laughs> no, throw three no, band-aids no, no. on his face, and, and we'll call or it reshoots right? obviously right. for stuff like that. Right. And, and but I so, love the fact that they mistake. The same plane, Hitler's plane for a rescue plane. Not only that, the rescue boat takes them to Warrior Island, the place they were going anyway. <laughs> they end up landing in the exact same place that the guys were trying to stop them from right. in a damn rescue boat. Like, are you kidding me? So no matter what, they were getting to the island, I guess. Is, is the point, yeah, is the but point did you notice that, right? when they were adrift on the, that rescue boat how bad the fog effects were? They were like after... Oh. They weren't like, it wasn't actual fog. It was like some CGI from the 80s. Not only that, when they were on the deck of the boat and they were doing the fight scenes and everything, and the director even brings this up in the making of, there's no water moving in the background. It's a still shot of still water. There, you right. don't see anything. It's just like a swimming pool water in the background. So uh-huh. even on the boat there, there's no like, no, there's no realism to it at all. And then another thing that drove me nuts is when they're at Warrior Island, right? They're setting up camp. And there was a weird slow motion shot of people just sleeping. Oh, I didn't catch that. It's like maybe they had like a second's worth of footage of people sleeping, so they had to slow it down so you can see like the fire burning really slow. It's just uh, really that, that's, weird. The, that's the artistic shot right there. And then, and then there was an awful lot of animal noises that I have never heard before. So that scene right there, two things hit me right before that scene. The first thing that hit me was that Lloyd turns into a real turd for like no reason whatsoever yeah. once they hit the island. Well, right? I think he probably realizes what's finally going on between, uh, who is it? Mike. Um, O'Malley and his wife? Maybe, but I don't think he cared in the beginning. I took it at the first as like he was sad because I thought maybe his wife had perished in the boat. But on my second watch, I'm like, no, his wife's right there. Like, I don't know why he all of a sudden became like the down. Well, every group in every like zombie flick needs like the one dude that's like going against the grain, right? Right. And then he doesn't want to have any responsibility. But when he's not in charge, he's going to cry about it too. Right. Right. Right? Oh, nobody's listening to me. Well, you just basically said you didn't want anything to do with any of this. Yeah. No. So basically, he turns into a turd, and not only that, Harry and Hazel fall in love instantly. Like, as soon as they hit the island, they hated each other up until this point. He yep. helps her out of the boat, gives her hand out, and she looks at him with, like, doe eyes, and there's some, like, love boat music plays in the background. And now they're inseparable. Now, all of a sudden, yep. they're, like, lovers. And that <laughs> happened for no reason. <laughs> right. So then when they cut to the scene you're talking about where they're the sleeping, they set up camp, and they're sleeping. And I, I only took this clip— because of what you said earlier in the last clip, I wrote down John J. Benjamin, okay? Okay. You're not thinking about going for a swim, are you? 
you know, Asian piranha, twice as big as the South American kind. <laughs> Dude, it's uncanny, am I right? In the war, I saw a Viet Cong fed to him. <laughs> right? Dude, it sounds like John H. Benjamin. Uh, John J? John H. Whatever. I think I think it's John H. Okay, so know. it's funny it you say... It sounds like Bob from Bob's Burgers. It absolutely does. Archer. Videos. Right, or... Archer. So yeah. I wrote down here, uh, Asian Piranha, half as... Or, twice as big as whatever. And then I wrote down, I didn't fact check that because I didn't care because <laughs> I was going to look, <laughs> I was going to see if they just made that up or if it was Plus, a real thing. They, they're not, uh, piranha are freshwater fish, aren't they? Oh, I don't like, again, I didn't fact check <laughs> that because I didn't care, so. <laughs> but I, I took the clip the, basically. The sounds that I had never heard from any, I actually, I wrote it down in my notes. One animal made it an, a <laughs> and I have no idea what animal that is. A R R U U U. Yeah, you catch a little of it in the background of that clip, right? <laughs> yeah, Those sounds. And try it one more time. Okay, let's do it one more time. You're not thinking about going for a swim, are you? <laughs> yeah, what is that? You hear it? Asian. And the weird thing about Mike, though, was that he didn't sound like that through the whole movie. I don't know if he got a cold when he was doing the the voice work or something, because he's very de okay. definitely nasally there, you know. Okay. Oh, wear that and we'll nose candy. But um, <laughs> it's he, eighty-two, dude. They're he, making a movie called Raw Force. Are you joking me? You might be right. You might collapse his navel cavity with so much coke. You might be right on that, buddy, because he he I didn't like sound like that. that. He only I'll sounded like right. that ten percent of the movie. The rest of the movie, he sounded like a normal actor. So yeah, you're right. Oh, I just worried he, you're going to send him some chicken noodle soup or something. I was a little worried that he had a cold. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I was thinking that, like, maybe they should have <laughs> saved his audio dubbing day for, like, a day that he didn't have pneumonia, because that's what it sounded like, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. uh, dude, it was weird when you played it back like that. I was like, God, that sounds just like Archer right there. Did you, now, did you catch that when you watched the movie, or did you no, catch that during the all. clip? Okay, cool. Of course, I'm watching it on my TV. Okay. You know, so I don't have, like, the headphones and stuff like that, but... Got it. I did think it was funny. They stumbled upon the place from the brochure, which is the burial ground. That was awesome. Yeah, there was no point to them doing all that stuff on the boat because they landed at the same yeah. damn place the boat was going. Yeah. They get attacked by Hitler and equipped with a rocket launcher. Oh, you mean, are you talking about the M72 law? Is that what you're talking about here? Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah, so me and, me and I was in the military. I didn't know that. Well, I played a lot of Battlefield, uh, but also, <laughs> like I said, I watched this with Will originally, right. and Will is a humongous military buff, and he's just a history nut, and he's great with all that stuff. And right away, uh, Will saying, well, first he called it, I think he called it the noob tube from Battlefield, but then after that, <laughs> it's a single shot, so that that's a single shot weapon. It's a disposable, throwaway, one-shot rocket. Right. And they, they use it, the whole, the guy fires his shot, then he carries it around, and use it as a with gun. With no other rockets. Visible. With no more rockets. Like he doesn't have a backpack with Not rockets. only the bad guy, when the bad guy gets knocked out, the good guys pick it up off the ground and take it with them, the, the, <laughs> the empty tube. And they're holding that like on people like they're going to shoot them with it. But it's totally a disposable one-time I love. Shot. I love the guy shooting blindly over the top of this tombstone with his assault rifle. So, He's like, got it over the top of the tombstone. Just <laughs> So me and you have definitely the same brain because what I have down after that is early 80s let's forget about chest hair for a second it was cool to shoot from the hip with your gun and i'm yeah, gonna bring up yeah, the a-team awesome. again because i brought up the a-team in every show so far in this movie they they have that in spades everybody shoot from the hip nobody's aiming it's all that like I, 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 you know just putting it down down low by the by your side and shooting and no I, realism I, whatsoever none and I, I was trying to figure out when that stopped 
Like, was that a late eighties or early nineties when they started? Well, getting finally, they started probably it? hiring like uh, military a and, consultant, and consultant to say right. nobody would ever do that in, their, in a million years. But, and so they had to figure out how to make uh, shooting on the move and other types of movement look cool too, which they've done easily. You know? Yeah, yeah, it looks cool now. I, I remember like Commando, which is a movie we both love. That was Arnold, man, all hip we fighting. We had the right? two hundred three grenade launcher, right? And he just no aiming. Those buildings. Everything's from the hip. Even Rambo, even the M16 Rambo, from the hip. It's just never on the shoulder. It's from the hip. And I miss those days where, it, who who cares what you're aiming at? You're just you're shooting and you're killing a bunch of people. You know. Speaking of Rambo too, in that final scene, I, I've heard it different ways. Do you think if he had that ammunition wrapped around his arm like he did, would he have given him an Indian burn? <laughs> I just watched Rambo too, man. Um, <laughs> would he give wait, him wait. an Indian burn I, I, when he goes in there to meet with uh, Murdoch? Right. Okay. Well, I watched First Blood, so we're gonna have to talk about. Uh, he did the same thing in that as well, though. He pulls the gun out and then he wraps the. He takes the ammo boxes and wraps the same thing. It happens in both movies. I would guess it would bind up on you pretty good. W- would you let's say? Talk, let's send that into MythBusters. I yeah, think let's we're do that. that one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that belt fed like that. You need to have. I mean, that's a reason why in the military you have a second person kind of feeding from the belt to to make sure it's not jamming up. I don't think you can wrap around yourself right. and go crazy. Right. Okay, good to know. Will Teasel. Fun he fact. was fighting Will Teasel, not Murdoch in that one. Oh, I'm sorry, Murdoch. Murdoch is who he was fighting in part, in part two. Murdoch, I'm coming for you. Right, Sheriff Teasel in First Blood. There we go. Right. Make it. So, so then I noticed, too, so we'll get back to the movie, I guess. All right. Even though I would have loved to have gone down First, First Blood Road. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I noticed the madam for the rest of the movie was having a problem keeping her top up. Oh, because she had the strapless joint, right? She was wearing a tube top. Yeah. yeah. So the whole rest of the movie is she's just consistently grabbing the front of her shirt. I just thought that was funny too. Like, couldn't couldn't they find her something else to wear? Well, that goes back to the wardrobe in general. I think it was pretty much wear what you got, or here's a and trunk dude, of clothes. And that's the the Cameron Mitchell's wife. So you figure somebody'd be trying to make them happy, hmm. right? I, I bet she it was her top, and she thought it was cute, and that's why she wore it. <laughs> that's my take on that. And then she got a little too humid. And it just had had some problems staying up there. But then did you notice, too, that um, one of the good guys chokes the bad guy? And what happened when he did that? When he chokes him? Did he bleed again? He did. He bled from nice. his mouth. He was just nice. straight choking him. Nice. I was like, wow, that's awesome, man. That's yep. totally awesome. Okay. Uh, so they have a little scuffle. Then they run into the monks finally, right? Uh, yeah. Can I just go on record to say that they engaged in some crap keto? <laughs> crap keto <laughs> is that what i was waiting for this whole show <laughs> That's what you're, uh, uh, so crap they engage keto. a little crap keto with these guys but hitler and ponytail guy escape right and that's right. when they meet the monks right and the monks inform the gang that if they want to stay there they uh, if they want to leave the island they have to prove themselves in battle which i totally don't understand like couldn't they just say we're not very good at battle we still like to leave so I have, I have three lines here, three questions for you. The okay. monks say if they defeat their champions, they will help. Okay, that's a question, not a statement. Right. Then I thought they were there, there to repel the attacks, the monks, right? I thought that the, the ghosts were there to stop people from getting to the island. Right. And don't they want – so do they want the outsiders to leave or do they want them to stay there? Because they almost made it like you, you need to defeat our champions and then we'll help you leave. But the champions – Meaning they, they wanted to get rid of them. I kind of took that as, but that's not the case. They wanted the champions to beat the guys. So why the hell did they even feed them and give them a place to stay? None it, of it they, made sense. They, they would just starve and die if you didn't feed them, the girls, right? But, but, but that's fine because 
they wanted the ghost to kill him anyway. <clears throat> right. Or did they? I, I, I have no clue. I don't know what the well, monks Well, here's the thing. Is, it's, it's a top secret island, right? If you don't want people to know what's going on in the top secret island, when they show up on your top secret island by accident, give them directions on how to get away from top, said top secret or, island. Or ask them to help you defeat their champions that's actually there because you guys but, want them there and you feed them. But <laughs> sign a confidentiality agreement so when you do defeat <laughs> so when you get back. Guy, that you don't tell anybody what happened on Warrior Island because Warrior Island wouldn't be as special now that you know their champions are pussies. So what we can take out of this conversation is that we both have no idea what the monks are trying to do and it wasn't clear in the movie, right? Correct. Okay. And the feast that they fed them, I wrote down diarrhea party. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a feast of nothing but like cantaloupe, watermelon, and mangoes. It, no meats, no grains, no beans, no it was to... diarrhea party, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And didn't they need to car- carb up? Yeah, oh, yeah. Champions? Where's the pasta, man? They're going to have a fight the next day. They need to carb load. Everybody oh, knows that. And they're chanting the weird incantations. And that's when you see that, that the most appropriate slow-mo shot of the zombies coming out of the ground, right? While there was, this diarrhea party is there was zero. There was zero um, good slow-mo shots in this movie, if you ask me. They were all done weird. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I thought have, this was better... Because, you know, you get the kind of the zombie, the hands coming out of the ground from the grave. And so, which I always wondered, right? Is this the first time they've ever done that? Or did the monks actually go through the trouble of reburying them after, they're, after they get out again? And that goes back to, are the monks eating the chicks? They'd have to rebury them every time they ate. I, I thought it was the monks <laughs> eating them, not the warriors. I, I, just, I don't know. I so don't know anymore. I got a quick clip from the, from the jungle feast or what I call the diarrhea party. I'll give you. Here. It's, <laughs> it's bad, dude. This is what you call an old-fashioned, all-out, no-strings jungle feast. Yeah. Not We've a... We've got all the melons we can handle. Nothing but cantaloupe melon. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, man, they have to save the real budget for other stuff, like, well, I don't know. Tube tops cocaine. for the chick. Yeah, cocaine, I think, is <laughs> probably where it went on. Right? Okay. Right. So that's, but, that, like you said, that's the part where they show the monks, like, basting up a chick for a barbecue, which was the girl's sister, uh, uh, Cookie's sister, I believe. And right. the monks are doing like some incantations to bring out the warriors, the samurai warriors that are buried. And I took two clips of the monks, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, here we go. Go. Departed gladiators of death, rise from your graves and lock weapons in battle with the evil enemy that has invaded our island. Right. Ugh. So I've titled that clip. Mumra the ever-living. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> Mumra's speech from the Thundercats every time yeah, he turned like, into the other Mumra, right? right? So I took another clip because I figured if you didn't catch Mumra the first time, now that I told you, maybe you'd catch it. So here. Oh, sacred masters in the sky, instill our fighting cadavers with wow. kicking, slashing strength to execute righteous slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> give them kicking strength bro oh, <laughs> that's the line goodness. give them kicking strength <laughs> and they were the easiest I, they were if they were the champions i'd hate to see who the amateurs are on that island well the slow-mo because, definitely didn't help right yeah they, dude they were easily defeated by this group i don't think anybody even died except for um milt not milt no milt didn't uh, lloyd it. lloyd right lloyd was the only one who died he wasn't a kung fu expert anyway i don't even know why the hell he's, he was on the warrior island cruise maybe the old lady talked him into it, but... 
Well, Lloyd was basically there for for the like I said before. He's the guy that's going to go against the grain. That everyone's going to be like, "Oh my God, kill somebody." Right. He was there for that. He died. So that that guy to me sounded exactly like Mumra. I even looked up some totally Thundercats agree. after that because I was like, "Oh, dude, that is totally is that awesome." No? Uh, no, it wasn't him. But it, it, it just, I wanted to hear Mumra after hearing him. <laughs> uh, I also ca- capped what I'm pretty. And this, I think this is my last clip. So you're you're on. You're after. You're good after this. No, I, th- I like the clips, man. I'm you pretty sure that this was also completely ad-libbed and a one-taker. And if you watch it, you'll know what I'm saying because there's no way that this is scripted. But here's this. I thought the guided tours at Universal. Did you know that? Bananas, the guided tours at Universal? <laughs> uh-huh. You did? You spit on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you spit on me. Huh? So what happens is she's talking with her mouth full, which is that's that's a pet peeve of mine. I hate hearing people talk with their mouth full. Oh, hold on a second. Let me go get a box of crackers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Can you get some? Yeah. Can you get some raisins and crackers <laughs> for me? So she's talking with her mouth full, and he re- responds to her, and he he actually does spit on her. Like there's a piece of food comes out, and he, again, this is his wife. Remember that it goes right onto her arm. She looks right down at it while he's talking, and she just looks up and is like, "You spit on me." He's like, "I know. I'm sorry." <laughs> And that's left in the movie. Like, that's that's a scene in the movie, you know. It was awesome, dude. <laughs> that's great. Right. Well played on that one. So that's where you really see the slow-mo zombies, which they were only the zombies were in slow motion, and they would just cut to slow-mo every time they would be walking around. And also the monks, for some reason, were in slow motion. Laughing hysterically, too, and that is one of my biggest pet peeves. Uh, just hysterical laughing, dude. Okay, just so... Over-the-top, overacting laughing they're they're oh. following the warriors around in slow motion and i wrote down here the monks turn into the crazies from the insane asylum at strange brew because they just start spazzing out and running around the hallway <laughs> with their arms flailing and their faces contorted and they're just spaz spazzing out completely and yeah. I, I just the monks didn't do anything for me in the movie at all nothing at all i didn't understand why they were there i didn't understand if they were trying to help the people they fed them they were trying are they to, protecting you know. people from the zombies which are the ninja zombies no, are they nice. are we supposed to are, are they protecting us from them are they protecting them from us or are they just trying to keep it a secret are they no Buddhist clue. at all i mean i don't what's happening here no clue so also for me that was pretty much the worst zombie outfit and makeup i think i've ever seen in any movie uh, Agreed. They were dressed up almost like clowns. They were. Uh, here's another problem with the movie. It's in full daylight. Like the lighting, just like the cat house, which had crazy lighting. The zombie fights are in full daylight. You can see every problem with their makeup. You can see every problem with their clothing. They're dressed in like homemade, like house aprons. Something Paper my wife would wear to cook. Like geese. I mean, it does, there's no depth to it. Um, the makeups. The, the zombie makeups were more like the blue and grays of like the Tom Savini, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead zombie makeups, but they're Some just them, not well done. It's like they brought out the uh, the oatmeal canister and the latex, and it just it, nothing works at all. And not even all of them had that makeup. Some of them just had white like mime face. Yeah, over yeah. their mustaches. Oh, I mean, more than half of them were white guys, obviously too. It yeah. was the weirdest zombie fight scene I've ever seen, and that's where I really went back to the making of where if you look at you got to go back and watch these fight scenes, whatever is not front and center on screen is like two dudes having a thumb war or <laughs> or leg wrestling in the background they're doing nothing they're they're pretty much fighting with fake it weapons they didn't have just not even been there right you ever seen that that cut from star trek where it's like some dude in the background pretending like he's spinning a wheel that's not there it's just he's like spinning in the air or like the uh i just saw it the other day uh indiana jones and raiders of the lost ark Right before he shoots the guy with the pistol, you know, the guy with the sword, yeah. he pulls out his pistol and shoots him. If you look in the back of that scene, there's the world's worst butcher. 
Oh yeah, just doing like, nothing. If you see him, he's just like there. He's like pretending to cut meat, but you can see obviously he's not doing anything. Yeah. So check that out. Same thing, I'm sure. So that's all everybody else that's fighting besides the two is doing nothing in the background, and it was really the, some of the worst. And I like the fact that you use the word fighting because I would call it shit food. Right, yeah, yeah, quote, 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 fighting. Yeah, I like shit your, food. Your name. And then the captain than with the gun, he's just blasting around it, never hitting anybody because he's drunk, obviously. With his revolver, and he's fishing the bullets out of his wife's bra, the oh, Hazel's bra, God, and there was yeah. stuff was going on, dude. It was getting weird. <laughs> it was out of control. But I will say though that Chin's fight scenes were really shining then, because he was jumping, he was doing right. like. Flips off the tombstones and stuff. I mean, he was doing all sorts of neat stuff during that. Right, and there was one or two of the zombie warriors that actually looked like they had some moves too, but they couldn't do anything because their opponent was so damn slow that they couldn't right. really make anything of that. And, and a lot of times in the fight scenes, you can see that where they'd throw the punch and you would see them just stand static in that position while the uh, actor was able to do his quote-unquote move oh, on him. You know it, was, I mean? it was rampant. It was all over the place. It was horrible. I would have to say that Cookie looked like she was a student at a rape prevention class. She was awful. <laughs> yeah, she was she absolutely was awful. She was so dude. bad, man. She was, ugh. Now, again, I don't know why they put her in there. The chick that was tied to the bed was cooler than her. The centerfold chick was cooler than her. Like There was, mm -hmm. there was hotter chicks. There was more um, screen-worthy chicks that could have been the lead, I think, besides Cookie, the actor. Well, so, so during all this, there's just a, a mashup of shit going on here. Um, they're running away, right? They're getting some fights. They're running away. They go across the rope bridge, which they burn. They As they're going across the rope bridge, they're burning it, and the zombies are just walking. Of course, they. I thought that was kind of a cool little stunt, all of them falling off the rope bridge. Ew, yeah, um, it was cool. He was burning it before his crew was even across, though. Yeah, it's like, I hope you got that planned properly. Yeah. But at that point, that's when, um, what's his name again? I put Clueless Husband throughout the entire Lloyd? thing in my name. Lloyd? Yeah. Yeah, Lloyd dies. And it, I, I think I see like O'Malley smirk a little bit when he finds out. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Like, Sweet. <laughs> nice. I hope I, I didn't Sweet. catch that. That's good, though. And then, and then you notice after Lloyd dies, he's dead. Um, the very next scene, which is moments later, they act like nothing happened. Like, oh, she's yeah. Not, she's not in mourning at all. She's not uh, concerned or upset that Lloyd's gone. Oh, not she's not. Mike's chick. She's Mike's chick at that point. It's a yeah, deal. Oh, yeah. It's, right. And then they, they stumble upon the jade mine. And, of course... Uh, uh, Hitler and Ponytail Guy are there, um, but they – what did I put here? I don't even remember this. They get the dr the drop but quickly overpowered by zombies. That – I don't even know what happened. I've watched the movie twice. I cannot even tell you at that point. There was so much – I wrote down, and I should have pulled your sound clip, shenanigans was happening because that's pretty much <laughs> what happened. Shenanigans I, were happening. Can I tell you what I put in my notes? What? There was more Bukakit Kundo. <laughs> your wordplay today dude what is going on over there no come on man that took me forever your wordplay is killing it today dude what's going on uh, you also get a beheading did you did you like the beheading that was the best special effect there was they probably blew the entire special effects budget on that i'm going to disagree because if you go back and watch it on the second viewing the sword is bent at a 90 degree angle <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Dude, it was the coolest thing in there, gore-wise, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I just The second time through, I noticed that the sword, I mean, literally, he hits the dummy, um, and the sword bends completely 90 degrees off to the right. It just oh. It's not even <laughs> close to straight. It's a full angle, because it can't cut all the way through the head. The head just pops off. It's great. <laughs> and you also get, I believe, the stock piranha footage kill at that point. Right. right? Where, Hitler jumps in the water, right? And he's eaten by the piranha, and I put in quotes, piranha. Yeah, there um, was a ton of stock airplane footage, flight footage. Um, there's a, the fight scene where everybody's waiting their turn, which I love. Yeah, one at a time, uh, kung fu fighting. One at a time. 
And then uh, I think one of the guys, I think it might have been O'Malley, does a, a great every, while everybody's boarding the plane, the zombies are still coming, right? Somebody does a really good Mike Hagar final fight impersonation. They grab the barrel, they pick it up over their head, and That's, they throw it. At that him. was John. I think that was Sullivan. Right. And, and him and Chin were the last two left. And John's in front of Chin. And if you look at Chin in the background, he has no clue what to do. So he's pretty much fi- air fighting. There's nobody even for him to fight. He's just punching in the air. It's great. It's so great. It's great. And then they get in the they get in the thing, and then you get what I thought was a pretty damn cool explosion. I, I don't know what you thought about it, but. I like the doc. Yeah, I like the doc explosion. I thought it was a pretty good explosion. <laughs> I, that was that was probably just nothing but like oil oil canisters on the end of a dock that they built specifically for that reason. But it was pretty neat. I mean, you saw wood flying around. It wasn't the 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 BS explosion from the boat. You actually saw stuff happening. So I was cool with that. That was cool. But then, did you notice Chin's new girlfriends? Probably she, it, those girls on that island were probably prostitutes, right? The Chin's new girlfriend was the madam from the cat house. It was. Yes. Oh wow! I didn't even re- realize that. Yep. Yeah. That because so, she was yeah, pretty cool. She's a prostitute. So Chin's new girlfriend's a prostitute. O'Malley's happy to win the widow. Yes. They're and all then, paired up. And, yeah. So everybody's good. Everybody's got a mate now. Yeah. John's what got cookie. Do you remember? Uh, the little wink, little winkski from Mike. And to be continued. So I got a question for for the ending there, because yeah, I was one hundred percent sure this was going to happen and it didn't. Did you think that they would have to dump the jade in order to take off, like weight wise? No. Oh, I, I, th- I thought for sure because they got all the jade on there and the bad guys, the Hitler and the ponytail guy, they make a mention when they're loading the jade of like, I hope we can take off with all this jade. And then I'm thinking, okay, so now they're happy. They say they're, quote, rich. And I was thinking for sure they were going to have to dump the jade to get out of there. But And then so they were broke, but they had each other, right? I, I was pretty we don't sure. have any money. We don't have any of that worthless jade. That's what I was gonna say. Even with the jade, I'm pretty sure they're broke. But yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, then the, you get a little breaking of the wall with Mike. He turns to the camera, gives a little winkski, and then a to be continued, which that that ended the movie. And would in you, the would you ahead. be in support of a crowdfunding to fund a sequel? I have trouble with movies where I think they didn't mean to make it as cool as it was. I don't think they capture it well twice. Okay. Uh, so for me, this is like, look, you did something here that was just crappy enough for me to really like it, and I think it would be really hard to hit that exact without right. really pandering to yourself and making the same joke twice. It would be t- tough to hit that exact mark for me. Kind of like, okay, so the guy who made Troll Two, right? Exactly he's like that. Troll Two, Two, New. Yeah. So I don't think he's going to be able to. Uh, there's just something special there because it was there unintentional, right? right? Right. And I, I think it's hard to capture that. Uh, I think they. They almost did it with some of the Evil Deads, but even even with Army of Darkness, didn't have the same. It was it didn't have the same feeling as it's still a good movie and I still like it, but it didn't have the same feeling as Evil Dead Two. Evil Dead Two was to me a heads and shoulders better than anything they've done afterward. You know, right? Well, I think it's interesting too, is because a lot of times these type of films happen with with people's first time directing, and this was Edward right. Murphy's first time directing movie. He was an Air Force vet. I guess now he's a practicing attorney. He's obviously still not doing Hollywood movies. Um, but he decided to to not even go to film school just to get a job and start directing. So he literally hit the streets of Hollywood, and it was either go to film school or go out and make films. That kind of train of thought, and that's what he did, which I, I, I like people with that type of intestinal fortitude that just go out there and try their best. You yeah, know what you, I mean? It comes through. like When you really try, even if it doesn't turn out good, I can feel that you tried. And in these those type of movies, Evil Dead 2, uh, dude, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the original Star Wars. That's a low-budget 
he didn't know yeah. that was going to be that big. And what did he do? All like, of those movies before Disney bought them were independent right. films, man. Um, American Graffiti, I guess, would have been before that. But even then, he captured something that I don't think he even knew what he was capturing. And that's what you get when you get somebody on a low budget that is giving it their all but may not know exactly how to do it right. You get something that really has heart in it. And this movie had heart for me. And some yeah. of those other movies I mentioned as well. And that's when you try to create a camp film, that's when you ruin it. That's when you right. tr- when you try to reproduce that feeling, <sighs> you know? There, there are certain entities that can do that. I know like Astron 6's movies, they are able to recreate some of that nostalgia feel. Trauma. It. There's other guys out there that can do that. Trauma. You, did you say trauma? Yeah, trauma. They recreate that. Yeah. That's I don't what think they recreate it. I think that's all natural. That's Astron 6, I think that's a recreation. Uh, trauma movies, I think those are not because they are truly independent low-budget movies. Lloyd Kaufman will write you a check for $10,000 and hope for you to do the best you can with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I really like that feel. That feel of this guy really went in and he just did his best. I like that. Yeah, I agree. What was your favorite moment, man? Oh, hold on. Let me see if I got anything else. That. Hold on. Before we get to that, I'm gonna got a couple okay. little tidbits for you. Um, me and Will originally watched this movie uh, together, okay. and he was gonna try to join us. Unfortunately, couldn't. We'll try to get him in on something else. Uh, okay. what, we had a fun time during the beginning of a new scene. About halfway through, about the time when the guy on the boat fight where the guy gets hit in the nuts with the crutch, we started calling the next scene. And what we would do is say, if we were 14 years old and we were writing a movie, what would this scene include? And it would be like, well, someone's getting hit in the nuts. Someone, the girl's going to take her shirt off. There's going to be uh, you know, a karate fight. And we were pretty good at calling half of the stuff that would happen if you can put <laughs> yourself right. in that mind frame of like... Of a juvenile, a 14-year-old. I'm 14 pre- and you know, I wrote a script. Teenager. This is basically the script. I could have probably written something very similar. Like when I was in school, think I'm writing something genius would have been this. It's got zombies. It's got karate. It's got boobies. It's got, it, it, it's just, it's, it's funny when you think of it that way. Uh, it, maybe that's why it appeals to me now too. Like it brings me back to that. My only regret is that I had to be so old before I discovered it. Yeah. Exactly. But this movie, you know what I'm saying? Because this is something that me and the, the guys would have watched like crazy with pizza. For sure. It's a fun movie. It's a great movie. Uh, The the other thing that really took me back was when I was watching some of the stage fight scenes, uh, quote, quote, fight scenes. So me, Danny, and Hav, we used to do exactly the same thing when we were 12 years old. In seventh grade, we would stage fight scenes in my front yard, and we would even put, like, hose water in our mouth, and then we'd stage a punch when a car (laughs) was driving by, and then someone would, like, spin to the side and spit the water out like it was a fight. We'd even get on the roof— and uh, my buddy had a pool. We'd get on the roof and we'd punch each other and then jump <laughs> off into the pool, right? But, it, you know, the punch is like a foot away. Right. And then the Danny or Hav or me or whoever was on, on the on the pool decking at the time would look up and we'd be like, did it look real? Did it look like I hit him? Like, that's kind of the, the feeling I got with these fight scenes of like somebody off to the side, like, did, did that one look good? Did <laughs> Okay, now try to punch him. And, and you spit a little bit. Like, I, I really felt like a 12 to 16-year-old Steve could have could have probably hit this mark, you know, with this right. <laughs> Yeah, whoever whoever was stunt coordinator or fight choreographer should be embarrassed of themselves and never use this as a reference uh, to get another job. Uh, that's sure. that's the writer director Edward Murphy. So <laughs> <laughs> right, he did everything. Uh, yeah, so that that's probably why I have such a fondness for this movie, and maybe I liked it more than you uh, because of that. It really brought me back to like, dude, this is me as a child. This would have lit me up at that age of like, this dude, is exactly I- what I want, you know. I used to be such a goofball. We would play guns and I would take um, plastic bags filled with fake blood and I would tie them so tight that I could tape them. And then when I got shot, I would want to get shot in, you know, playing guns and I could pop it and then rip my shirt a little bit and blood would fly everywhere. 
Yeah, so I know what you're talking about, man, for sure. You're just as bad as me. I like to hear that. Good. Okay. <laughs> All right. And those are the only two nerds. things I wanted to say. If that's to, to explain how much I really like the movie is probably because of that. I had a big part to do with it. That's awesome, dude. Okay. Favorite part. My favorite part of the movie, easily, by far, the whole birthday party bar scene on the boat. Amazing. Anything that happened to that thing, I was riveted. The characters, the, the Pratt Falls, the cake to the face, the nudity. It had everything I needed in like a five-minute period of the movie. Chest hair. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, mine was the uh, first zombie swordsman it, with probably Tom Selleck in gray zombie paint. Yeah. I love the bright blood spray across his face. I think uh, that was just a cult image that's, that's indelibly in my brain forever. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, his headband is ridiculous looking, but it makes me giddy just because it doesn't match any of it. Cheesy. So cheesy. Yeah. So cheese ball, man. So awesome. All right. And my least favorite. Uh, just the zombie warriors, man. They 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 sucked. They didn't look good. They didn't walk good. The he even said in the making of it that he did the slow mos because that's what everybody else was doing. George Romero and everybody with the uh, is that George Romero. Is that got the right Romero there? I would say so. Okay. And then Dawn of the Dead movie because yeah, I mix him up with the Fury Road guy. But uh, he did that specifically because that's what was at the time going on. So it just it they they sucked. There was nothing cool about the zombie warriors at all. Normally, like you, st- even though it's a slow mo shot, it still has to be a good shot. Right, <laughs> something. You can slow down a shitty shot, now all of a sudden it's a good shot. Right, and they were just walking. It was just slow mos of dudes in bad makeup and bad clothes walking, not even fighting, just walking or sleeping or sleeping. At exactly, the camp. Right. they were sleeping. Just exactly, people sleeping. Right. exactly. So, my least favorite was the laughing monks in slow motion. Um, you talked about it earlier; they were just acting ridiculous in the background. Right, um, kind of like remember the demon woman? I know she was uh, upsetting you and dear God Mo. Yes. The demon lady, the laughter. Uh, I, I just, I despise the annoying, overacting laughter. Kind of like Rob Zombie's wife, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie. Um, in any movie she's in, she always has that laugh that yeah. just grates on my nerves, man. So that was my least favorite part. All right. Did you come up with a fake sponsor? I did. <clears throat> Are you ready? Let's get it. Uh, this podcast was brought to you by the Burbank Karate Club. Mustachioed men on the forefront of ancient karate fighting styles. The first 10 students to enroll in a free cruise to the recently discovered combatant cavern on the newly remodeled Love Boat, now with Captain Gopher. Uh, dude, I have to start upping my sponsor game because you're killing these sponsors <laughs> now. All right. That was excellent. I'll give you mine. Not half as good, but Carnival Cruise Lines, the only cruise line, <laughs> <laughs> the only cruise line brave enough to, to take you to Warrior Island. That's great. Carnival. Carnival. I did that Love because it. you did some wordplay on the last one and I made fun of you, so I... I did that for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to dump, do stupid word things. I got to stop it because I'm not good at it at all. That's the best but part. But I do like Bukaki Kundo. That's the best part, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, what do we got next? You star, need star rating. Uh, go for it. I give this four Chaplin mustaches out of five just because I think Hitler stashes are dumb. Nice, dude. I'm racist. I almost went with that as well. I switched it to, at the end to uh, a four out of a possible one shot out of that M72 law. <laughs> <laughs> Did you learn any life lessons today? Uh, I did. I I had three of them, and I ended up changing it like at the very end. I put uh, a roundhouse kick will solve most of life's problems. (laughs) (laughs) That'll cure what ails you, right? Yeah. Just roundhouse kicked life right in the face. Do you want my other two Um, just for fun? Do it. Never throw away your empty M72. Uh, And then I I crossed that out because I used it in the star rating. That's great. And half shirts will make you a better fighter. 
<laughs> I think UFC should go to that, you know, instead of like the the traditional uniform, like the tap out shorts. Hoist Gracie used to wear um, the gi and whatnot. But yeah. everybody comes in wearing their their shorts with their affliction. They should just straight up come in with half shirts, three quarter like socks up to their knees with red stripes on them. <laughs> Call tap out. Let them know you got their new stuff, dude. <laughs> so, this is what I'm thinking, fellas. I need a silver vest, half size, uh, with bedazzled. Uh, some sort of design on the bag. Can you Beautiful. make that happen? Beautiful. People are going to buy them like crazy. My life lesson was don't drink to excess uh, because you can see what happened to, what was his name, Lloyd, you said? Lloyd. Clueless husband? Yeah. He was ill-equipped to fight, died, and lost his spouse to that wife-stealing O'Malley. I like it, dude. Wife-stealer. I like it. Damn O'Malley. You oh, notice right. like the entire time Lloyd was like, they're, they're evacuating the boat and he's grabbing like bottles of wine and shit. He was horrible. Yeah, Lloyd was definitely set up to be the, the dick of the film, the douche, you know? Right. All right. Let's see what we got here. Uh, quiz off, and I got a little background music for the quiz off. Are you ready to quiz me off? I can't wait to quiz you off. Who's the backup or the uh, background music from? Uh, today will be Diana's song, which I believe is on the YouTube channel. Give me the YouTube channel, please. Extract Cash. It's uh, music by uh, Give Your Heart to Monsters and the Secret Cutters. This one is called Diana's song. Let me just get a little background going. Cool. Okay, so we did an easy, medium, and hard question again. Are we just going to back and forth it? Yep. All right. I'll give you my easy. Give me the name of the cat house that Lloyd and Mike go to. Oh, my God. They say it, like, more than once, dude. Come on. <laughs> no no idea, man. That I was can't believe it. Palace of 1001 Pleasures. <sighs> and it did not live up to that name whatsoever. That was the easy one? Yeah, I thought that, that was, was your easy one. They had it plastered in the front everywhere. Oh my god! Okay, maybe man. that should have been medium. <laughs> okay, well, you ready All for right. my easy one? You go for it. What was the original? Ti- oh, you got to do the the fail. Oh yeah, good call. Here. <laughs> I like it. I like that. All right, you ready? Yeah, go for it. What was the original title of this movie? Oh man! Ah, give it to me. I knew it too. I read it, but. Do your music. Kung Fu. <laughs> we suck. Yeah. It was uh, Kung Fu Cannibals. Was that in the IMDb trivia? Because I remember reading that. Yeah. Okay. All right, bummer. I should have known that. All right, medium. This one is harder. Because they didn't say it. What is the name of the bar where they have that first big fight? Dude, really? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. No idea. That's the lighthouse bar. They didn't say it, but it was it was in big letters on the front of the bar. Oh, my uh, God, Wait, dude. wait, wait, wait. Cheese ball. Maybe we should just do that once at the end, but all right. <laughs> so we both got one. Right. Or no, we both got none. Sorry. Zero. Yep. This is, you, actually, you have one because you answered the Cameron Mitchell one. Was that the medium or your heart? Yeah, that's medium? my medium. Okay. So that was, number, that was one point for you. I've got one more chance to win. This is a really hard one, though, dude. I hope you get this just because. Ready? Dude, you, all three of these have been ridiculous, man. This is uh, unfair. I think if you second watched it, The Palace of 1001 Pleasures is in there. Enough I'm not, you I, I don't have enough memory to store superfluous okay. crap like that. <laughs> well, it gives us Go. a chance to play our, our fails music, though. Okay. I know. I, I do enjoy that. Okay. So. The hard question. The name of the drink that the Skullet guy don't recommends care. to don't Hazel. Care. Okay. Don't even care. Don't even care. Don't even care. Don't care. Those it's are a cool the name. three worst questions I've ever heard in my it, life. It's a cool name. Out of an entire movie like that, that's what you came up with. Can I give you the name? No. Don't care. Come on. Man. Go ahead. The Green Grave Digger. <laughs> Dude, it's a great name, man. I, well, 
And I was going to give you a bonus. That entire movie, that's what you come up with. What's <laughs> I was going to give you a bonus, dude. Penthouse? What was the name of the drink? In the drink was vodka, creamed I, I, mint, and so cracked ice. While I'm doing the research for this movie, I'm going to, every time he's driving a Ford Focus, he yeah. went to TGI Fridays, and he ordered, so come on. And what was, what was the license plate number on the truck? I know. <laughs> God damn it, man. All right, all right. So all right. unfair. All right, all right. What so you got for hard for me? So congratulations. Uh, how many theaters did the movie open in? 150? Yeah. All right. See? All right. At least I got one legitimately, and what, right? And what were the names of, of those theaters? Right. <laughs> what was the Jeez. what was the restaurant across the street from the first theater? <laughs> I hope somebody writes in and says those questions are bullshit. All right. One, one, Adam. All right. All right. Back all right. me up on this one. All right. Let me see. Right, so you do win. So I do in win. the spirit of the game, I officially declare Steve the supreme overlord of the quiz off this week. And I can now safely assume that you will talk so much shit that your ass will get jealous. Congratulations. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. You're welcome, my friend. All right. I'll, I'll work on my questions. I thought those were good, though. Okay. What about the uh, Schlockernaut's mission statement? Uh, I believe you yeah. you collected that this week, right? I did. No, no. You know what? Let's, let's hold the mission statement to, to our thanks so that we can do it all at once. Let's get to um, your Doc's Flick Pick. Okay. Let's do it in the same order, and that we will have some kind of continuity to our shows and shit. Sounds good, man. I thought that's what we did last time, is we did the uh, mission statement before the flick picks. No, that was last with the thanks, so we'll, we'll make it. Okay. I'll make a note. I'll make an addendum to our notes. But, Definitely. Uh, uh, flick my pick. flick pick for this week is uh, 2013's Rewind This, by directed by Josh Johnson. Um, it's a cool 80s uh, movie. It, I take that back. It was made in 2013. It's about basically... Um, the VHS mania of the 80s. It's got a great synth score to it. Um, people making their own movies and releasing them straight to VHS. Um, they talked about a lot of stuff you probably forgot about. Do you remember uh, video store memberships? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Video time, yeah. all that stuff. If you had to pay like $40 just to have a membership to go into this place to rent this movie. Video park, and, uh, yeah. What was it called? We had video park, video time. We had a few of them. So awesome, dude. Well, they talked about how like the, the battle between VHS and the beta players. Max, right? Um, I, I, I had totally forgotten about VHS players with the remotes connected by wires, right? I had one. I had Yeah, when we were a kid. We had that. So awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, they talked about how the VCR propelled the porno industry and workout videos, you know, with Jane Fonda and whatnot. That was basically how Betamax lost in VHS 1 because VHS had the porn backing, right? Well, they, they could record longer. You could do two-hour VHS tapes, but beta was only one hour. Got it. So that was it. So, and I learned that from the video. It's really cool. Um, they do interviews with Lloyd Kaufman of Troma Studios, David Gregory from Severn Films, Mike Rainey from Something Weird, um, Don May from Synapse. So they do some really cool interviews. Got some really uh, neat collections. I, I got a lot of great movie ideas. So check it out, man. Cool. I like but that. We're fans, though. What was your first, your first VHS movie that you can remember seeing? Owning or seeing? Is it? Does it matter? Just renting, owning. Just like some, a VHX experience that still to this day you, you wish you could maybe recreate or something. I had Beastmaster on Betamax, and I watched that thing. I, I, I bet you if I watched Beastmaster right now, I could probably still name you know, the lines in the movie. Dude, that movie is I, – I wish I could ha- find that one on DVD. I've looked in those uh, men's at Walmart. It's on some like fantasy 12-pack. That's a terrific movie. I'm glad you brought that one up. I had for some reason I owned that. You know, most of them you had to rent because they were still expensive back then. But that one I did own, and I don't I don't know why, but maybe. What's cool about this doc too is they talk about how um, basically I think it was Frank Hennenlauter um, of um, what did he do? Brain damage. He's done a bunch of stuff. A basket case, but it was kind of his idea to start selling the VHS tapes for twenty bucks. So because they were pretty expensive before then, right? Like a hundred dollars because they wanted you to rent them. 
instead of buying them. But his idea was I would rather have people spending 20 bucks and owning my movie because then they tell more people about it, you know, and, and you would probably sell more copies and make more money. Yeah, that makes way. sense. Yeah, makes sense. So. Anyway, that was my pick. Sorry to kind of go off course no, there. Good pick. Great pick. Good info. Um, for me, I always do one you can watch with your family, um, spouse or kids. Uh, this week it was, we watched Ant-Man, which is 2015 with Paul Rudd. Uh, it was fun. It was one of the better, I think, of the Marvels. It kind of reminded me of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in a weird way. It was a little more lighthearted than, than I'd say the Avengers or anything. It was more of a fun, um, funny, cool for the kids, cool for the wife. Uh, it was well done. Cool. I haven't checked that one out yet. I'd like to see that too. It's not bad. You know, some of Marvel's hit and miss, man. You know, sometimes they you get a you know Iron Man three or a Avengers two, but sometimes you get Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant Man really surprised me. They were both I thought well done. What are you excited for next on their uh, slate? I I didn't think I'd be excited at first, but I think is wait is Deadpool Marvel? He is Marvel still, yes. right? Uh, that one I, I wasn't too excited about because I uh, but the more I read about it and saw that they're going for that hard R rating, I'm kind of interested to see what they do with that. I don't think they're going for it. I think I, I think you're right. They're go- I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Um, I think at first they weren't going for it, but once they figured out that that was kind of their thing, the hard R superhero people movie, wanted, yeah, they've like gone over the top with it. Yeah, like every Red Band trailer, it's like um, I don't know if it'll be great, but it'll probably be pretty good. I just want to see it because it's different. And they're taking that angle. Maybe they overdo it, or maybe it doesn't come out well. But uh, I'm I'm curious. I'm gonna say that's the one I'm most curious about currently. Right. And, I, and I'll save judgment until I see it for sure. Okay. Awesome. All right. Uh, and then schlock or not, I mean, dude. Schlock. Absolutely schlock. <laughs> I mean, dude, this is this is right in the in the big graph of what I like and don't like. This is dead center of the schlock I'm looking for. Give me more right. raw force. Give me more of this, <laughs> you know. more of the schlock like this. Yes. It's delicious. Yes. Cool. Um, I do have an addition from last show that I wanted to spring on you. I like to have some stuff you don't know that's coming. Cool. Um, this is from Aaron, who at this point should just be labeled co-producer. I mean, you know, he's in, he's right. in this every show. Idea, wasn't it? This was his movie idea. We got to thank him for that. And he's just always collaborating and, and willing to, to throw in there. And hey, if you want your name out here, collaborate, send us some stuff. But Aaron reminded me, he watched, so Aaron listened to the last show, which was Silent Dead Night, which I thought we did a great job with, pat myself on the back. Uh, he actually went and rented it so that he could watch it just because he wanted to follow along with what we were saying, which is awesome when people do that. I think something they wouldn't normally have watched, you know, actually spend money because we watched it for you. And he caught that, you remember Ira, right? The store owner? Yep. He caught that Ira, the store owner, is the same guy in The Great Outdoors with John Candy and Dan Aykroyd with Lightning Rod Reg, who gets struck by lightning like 40 (laughs) times. (laughs) So it just, it was another bit part for that guy. So I took a, a, a clip for you of Lightning Rod Reg from that movie. He's been struck by lightning. How many times is it now, Reg? Six. Six times. Six, 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 six times. There's Ira. So... Uh, good point out, man. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, you're really good at catching that little stuff. Aaron, Ghost Tattoo here in Vegas. Try to always give that shout out. Uh, collaborator of the show and uh, co-producer at this point. What the hell? Um, yep. And now we also have Shockout Mission Statement, Mission Statement, which well, I I'd like you to do my it. thanks first. Sure. I want to thank the uh, Secret Cutters for their improv track, Diana Song, which uh, uh, Secret Cutters is Jeff, Aaron, and Katie. Thank you. Um, I want to thank them all. Uh, I want to thank them for being part of the show. And also thanks to uh, Aaron for the movie tip. That was a great find and awesome addition to our collection. And I hope to do the favor for you sometimes, man. Thank you, but all you people. Thank you for collaborating and helping. It's, it's really appreciated. Yep, definitely. All righty. Mission statement? 
Our Schlockernauts mission statement. Um, Schlockernauts are our friends who are traveling to the edge of the cinematic universe with us in a rocket ship fueled by squib pops and gratuitous nudity. Nice. Or filled, fueled by party pizzas and carbonated beverages. Both of those provided by Jeff from uh, The Secret Cutter. Both good? Thank, Thank you, Jeff. You. All right. Hey, Docker, should I sign us out here? You got anything else? Nope, all set. Thank you. Okay, I'd like to thank the Vandals for our outro, Gene for the computer, Aaron again from Ghost Tattoo, and I will play us out. Thank you, Doc. Take care. Thank you, brother. So long, farewell, I'll feed her saying goodbye, goodbye. I forgot to throw in our email and twitter at the end yep i even have it written down okay well. you didn't forget to come up with some bullshit trivia questions i got you on that buddy <laughs>